Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveandrinkshow. It's time for our new series for the year, and it's the year of sake. Yes, we've discussed it before, but we're going to go deep, uh, deep into it now. So deep. And much like a... Uh, much like sake brewing, this is going to take a couple of tries before it's all done. Uh, so today, we're going to go way far in the way back machine, uh, but we're also going to discuss uh, one of the variants of sake, Junmai. So get ready for the butchering of the Japanese language, and get ready to have a drink. Kampai, y'all! God. <laughs> Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price, and joining us today... That would be oh, Justin. Is, uh, is Justin. <laughs> I literally had it on there, and no one did it correctly. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. I looked, saw it had been coded for someone to say, and then everyone it, blanks. <laughs> well, we didn't have time to blank. It just went from one into, and we start into the thing, it's like... Okay. I didn't know he was trying to set him up like and like introduce him. And I was like, okay. I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, you, you had it set up well. I just wasn't wasn't following directions. I had my glasses, I'm cleaning them. It's fine. I didn't I, where I, that that sudden change kind of threw off my like, oh I'll start reading the I guess not. <laughs> well welcome. Welcome, Justin. Sorry. No, We're, yeah, this is this is on track. This well, is thank how we you were for all. having me. <laughs> well, the crew knows probably much too much about us tell us a little about yourself so my name is Justin Levon. i'm the head brewer and toji at the void sake company um you guys have probably heard void sake referenced in several episodes of this show <laughs> i drink many, a lot many times a couple of episodes recorded <laughs> down there. well yes and we had the interview episode that time so yeah that's right that is right so yeah i'm back again uh to share some some sake knowledge, I think we could say at least we have we are uh, the show is influenced by Void Sake on on multiple levels. There, <laughs> visually, there's a great gag going. If anyone's watching. if you're watching the video, if you're watching audio only, you're not getting this great trifecta of <laughs> trifecta of Triforce. Yeah, yeah. Most everyone's wearing <laughs> the, triforce the same. Honestly, hat. if if I was like switched places in the video with uh, uh, Casey's picture, yeah. it would have been mm. <laughs> even it was, better. <laughs> it was fighting enough with me. Oh no, you're fine. I, it was a thing I just now thought of. I was like, oh well, too late. We're in the middle of it. My my void shirt is in the wash, but I I do I'm in Japanese style today um, because my son and I have become obsessed with Hello Kitty. 
So and I in, have my Hello Kitty and Friends shirt. Is it a couple of weeks next month? Going next month. to the twenty Hel- days. Twenty days to the Hello Kitty Cafe truck in Cincinnati. That's going to come. It's going to be in Cincinnati, Ooh. and it, it's seriously just selling exclusive merchandise and some prepackaged cookies. Mm-hmm. See, all I thought of when you said that was the uh, uh, the Taco Bell. Uh, uh, <laughs> Whatever it was Cantina. that served Cantina. beer, Cantina, Cantina. 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 Talk about Cantina that serves beer, and margaritas, which, which was the full name of that restaurant, as yeah. far as everyone was concerned. <laughs> May as well have been, yeah. Uh, and I was just like, "Oh, it's the Hello Kitty truck that sells beer, right? It sells beer." <laughs> no, that'd be great. If it did, it would be lit. Instead- no, but the official, the second official Hello Kitty Cafe in Las Vegas does sell alcohol. Because Las Vegas. Oh, so that means you have a reason to want to go to TMS Vegas next time. That's true. That's true, actually. But there's also one in California, so I'm like, "Mm." So if if Hello Kitty was a was an alcoholic beverage, what would Hello Kitty be? Something very, very Um, sweet. An apple teeny, because Hello Kitty's favorite food is apples. I was gonna say apple teeny, I only see fits. It's it's sugary, saccharin, and People or, don't want to admit that they like it. Maybe a <laughs> strawberry apple teeny. Yeah. Because, that's... because they have to be the red, you know, to okay. the bow. We're, so we're, I, we're off the rails already, but I've got to explain. Let me, let me, pull, this, let me pull this back with Hello Kitty, like, okay. first off, because with, with the guesses there. Uh, so I did the search. I did, like, Hello Kitty alcohol. And what I came up it with was sparkling rosé. There's, like, a mm. series of them. That tracks, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... No. I've, oh, that's right. They do because I remember watching a video where someone was cooking with a rose, and they're like, "No, it's our Hello Kitty brand." And I was like, "You know a, what, you guys? That's that's wine. I would not. I would not be mad at it." Like, episode yeah, off the rails. Better. It took us it, like three seconds. Five minutes. Yeah. Uh, the 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 dude we follow on YouTube. Um, he lives in Japan. He's from Canada though, and he um so like a lot of stuffs in English is the point with that. But he went to the Hello Kitty cafe in Tokyo and they have a Hello Kitty, like it looks like Hello Kitty, but it's a bao bun, like a pork and oh. cheese, but like, and I'm like, this is amazing. No, <laughs> what's amazing is that the OG Hello Kitty cafe, I, I have made the comment to Brittany. I'm like, why can I see one of their buttholes oh, in the cartoon? Yeah. They give the dog a butthole, but pom, nothing pom, else. Pom, pure, yeah, he has. I'm yeah. like, why do it? Why does he have a butthole? Because Japan. But we had to give him that asterisk butthole, and at the cafe, there all the characters are as teacups hanging from the ceiling, and his has a butthole. E pluribamatum. <laughs> the the, the I mean, there is that famous uh, like egg butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, yeah, the the um, we started Kudatama. to watch that and had yeah, to turn that, it yeah, Kudatama. very disturbing <laughs> because it's laying in the fridge and like a, another egg hatches and then you can hear it like talking disturbingly to the hatched chicken and then, then it starts whispering to itself. It's like I'll jiggle, get it jiggling, and I'm like, what are what is good? And it's like wiggling its like gelatinous butt, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever heard like like the character talk? It just sounds like the uh, the the Japanese version of like Eeyore. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't want to do anything, and like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's where we're at. Whoa, yeah. that went. Uh, yeah, that went like we expected. Yeah. All right, so what's <laughs> everyone been up to? <laughs> it, we've had a nice little like month long break. 
because we had yeah because we had a, had a wedding to go to a wedding and Mother's Day we all had to go spend time with the mamas. Mm. Uh, I called them. We went to Dollywood for the first time. That was fun. I guess we'll kick it off. Yes, we went to Dollywood and took our child and discovered he is fearless. Four-year-olds are fearless. He rode four roller coasters and was like, this is amazing. Like some legit (laughs) roller coasters, too. (laughs) And he wanted to ride the ones that were bigger. And he's just like, I want to ride that, like, uh, Thunderhead. Because I wanted to ride that, and then it was ended up. It was like, oh, it's a twenty minute wait, and I was like, mm, let's take Emmett on some things he can go on because he couldn't ride Thunderhead; he was too short. And he was like on the one. It was a fire chaser, fire chaser yeah. express. Literally has fire at the end, and then you go backward. Uh, it's a. I'm like it's, screaming, like I'm a, literally about to die, and Emmett's like, "Woo!" Yeah, that is the response. <laughs> the first. I can't. The first roller coaster, well, he rode a tiny little kitty coaster to start the day, and then we went and rode Dragonflyer, which is like a suspended coaster, and like legit. Oh my goodness! I, I was wait. I was like, this is gonna terrify him, and I was waiting for. I was waiting for us to go to get off, and him just like be crying and be done for the day. And during the ride, like we're coming down the hill, I was like, all right, you gotta hold on tight and scream, and then he just throws his arms up, and I was like, <laughs> see the. The being done for the day is uh, how I got stuck in the middle of a domestic dispute with some friends of ours when we break. We went to Kings Island. They ordered the drop zone. Oh, oh, and, oh yeah. And my friend's wife was afraid of heights. Uh, and my friend's probably not the best ride. My friend's, my friend's philosophy was: we hit the worst thing first, and everything else will be downhill from here. What happened was. They got poor decisions right there. <laughs> what happened was we got to the top and I I'm sitting between them and I hear her look out and go, I want a divorce. I was like, <laughs> divorce. <laughs> and then the thing drops. And uh, Yeah, no. <laughs> uh as they say, they worked the out fine D. at the end, but she was traumatized for the rest of the day, and that was one of those like, yeah, no. In fact, maybe it was something you needed to ramp her up into. There, <laughs> there are there are different philosophies, but this one didn't work for her. <laughs> yeah, we were we went to Dollywood. Emmett rode every roller coaster that they would let him on. Um, God, he loved it until it, you know, like two hours after nap time, and he hadn't had a nap. It's hot. It's sweaty, and then he finally has that breakdown, and then. Everyone's looking around like that because he's just like, I just want to go back to Babbles. And everyone's just looking around going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I was just like, Give him to me. <laughs> I was like, We are going. Like, I just, he's in the wagon just crying, reaching out for anybody. And everyone's just sitting around tired for whatever reason, just like blank. And I was just like, All right, me and Emmett are gone. And I went, we went to, um, what was it? it was called Dolly's Closet. It was just like a women's. <laughs> It was a women's uh, gift shop. It's just clothes and things to Dolly, and but it was air conditioned. And I was just mm-hmm. like, "We're just going." And here I am, just standing in the middle of this place, looking like me. You weren't that out of place though. I saw a lot of different people in there. Okay, wearing my uh, my athletic drinking shirt because it's yes. the it was the um, uh, not our, not our branding one, but the oh the Sam oh, Adams okay. Sam Adams one that looks like Lederhosen. Also good. But I'm just like, he's just like that tired and exhausted and kind of whimpering and just like slowly drifting to sleep because he's finally in AC. And I'm just standing there like over him, just like watching. And then finally they all come stumbling up when he's like passing out. 
And I was like, here, take this. I'm going to go ride lightning rod. <laughs> and it was amazing. It might have been the best. I don't like looping roller coasters, but lightning rod doesn't loop. It's just extreme in every other way. Like, oh, you want to go like 80 miles an hour on a wooden yes. roller coaster? It's like, yes. fuck yeah. Justin, what's your uh, what's your roller coaster hot take there? Which one? Uh, do you are you a? Oh, sorry, are you? <laughs> that was my uh, take your medicine alarm. So, I, I was gonna say that. it's been like five six years. Never had someone's phone go off in the middle of a recording till now. No, that's yeah, true. Actually, first one. I'm gonna have to uh, adjust that alarm to not be on Saturday nights. Um, so when it comes to roller coasters, Justin, are you a uh, a partaker? Oh me, yeah, I love them. Mm. I love I love wooden ones, just yes. the vibrations. That <laughs> vibrations. <laughs> See now, I'm, all I can hear in my head is uh, Garfunkel and Oates' go kart racing, go kart racing, yeah. and then I, Molly That's Shannon. The first thing I heard of Molly Shannon. In, <laughs> Molly uh, Shannon, yeah, yeah, Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> no, what was the uh, uh, of my legs? <laughs> of my legs. Uh, what's uh, is it? Uh, the sick. Uh, the one in Cincinnati. The oh, beast. Uh, that one, the beast. King, yeah, Kings of oh, Beast. God. Yeah, the Beast was one of my favorites. I'm dying to get is... on it this year because they just retract. They rebuilt the entire hill, and they oh, retract a bunch of it. And they said it's a lot smoother because that it used to be legendary for it would rattle your effing brains out. <laughs> yes, See, I want. I want a headache after yeah. I ride a roller coaster because oh, that's part of the tension. Like, is my body going to break apart or am <laughs> I going to hit one of the, the pylons my, my uh, 16th, above my head? My 16th birthday, my dad took me down to Kings Island, like to, signed me out of school and took me down to Kings Island for the day. We rode the beast like four times in a row. And, uh, and at the end of it, like, both of us, like dad's like, I don't know if I can handle much more of this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to hurt a bit now after that. <laughs> People don't you have understand, a mild concussion. <laughs> like what a legend that roller well, coaster cause, is because it's a. I, I had to look up all the history on it because it's crazy. It was literally like the plans were drawn up during a lunch on a napkin. Yes, <laughs> and it is like it is. They're like, no, this is like a backyard roller coaster. You have all these major manufacturers of roller coasters. None of them had anything to do with this. It was literally Kings Island. They they home built this thing. <laughs> hey Bob, is this safe? Ah, seems safe. Yeah. Why we pay you as an engineer. <laughs> and no, it's been rattling out there for like, what, 30, well, 40 years? Okay, and then but all these other coasters can't make it, you know, 15. That's the one that, like, remember the, the crash detection on the Apple Watch? That's the roller coaster specifically. All the cases. That's the one that's like, you were just in a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> and, are and, you okay? And like, they were, they were like, people were, were raising a stink about it. And it's like, you guys, these reports are literally only coming from Kings Island. <laughs> Specifically, feel, people riding this roller coaster. It's not the watch, it's the roller coaster. <laughs> I feel like I should have had that watch when I skydived. Oh, yeah. Uh, been like, yeah. Just, no. just so I could have like proof that I just, uh, how I describe it as a low speed car accident without a car. <laughs> Uh, right. Casey, but, what have you been up to? Uh, we have been dealing with kid things. So mm, we had double tonsillectomy and adenoidectomies, whatever, God. this past oh, week. Oh, my gosh. So dealing with uh, – we were like, you know, at first it was just Sella, like our, our girl. And so she was supposed to get um, her tonsils out. And we were like, they probably both do. They're both big tonsils. Let's see. 
if we can get Frank an appointment too, just to make sure. And they were lucky enough to schedule them both on the same day. Cause otherwise it was going to be like one kid going to daycare for a week while the other one was at home for a week. And I'm like, no, no, let's yeah. let's take care of this all at once. <laughs> it, does, it does sort of feel though like elective surgery of like no him too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is Frank's second surgery in uh, oh in like since he's he's four years old. Second surgery. I'm like, yeah, we're not making a pastime of this. I just got another bill today. We're not doing this. Uh, so uh, it was it was it's definitely been like a lot of popsicles and ice cream sandwiches and pedialyte type drinks so mm. um, that's that's kind of been the week so far now i've never had my tonsils out but my friend when he was younger had his adenoids taken out and i think it was entirely because his parents went no you snore too loud it's amazing like the children even with the swelling post-surgical swelling there is no snoring <laughs> i was amazing. gonna ask was it literally just like they went well you're in the neighborhood just go ahead and my yeah. nephew got the got that done, and because um, he had horrible, horrible like sinus allergy stuff, and I guess that helped tremendously because he would get a like a sinus infection every other week. And, and, and to some extent, it's like daycare just does that, but we're like, okay, you're in daycare for a, like two weeks, okay, out for a week because you got the next coming, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and so we're hoping that 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 solves the issue. At least the snoring thing is mitigated a little bit so one child may not have sleep at me anymore <laughs> that's a positive and just borrow, borrow daddy's big mask and... yeah, uh, we've thought about you know what, what can i order a small <laughs> so it is kind of scary if you ever hear anybody with sleep apnea that are that, that sleeps next to you so i went to a conference with uh, a colleague and he snored real bad and it was got to the point where i was counting be like <laughs> He would snore, and I would hear nothing. There'd be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's like you need to breathe, son. Like, and it's that, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh god, he breathes. Great. <laughs> four years we lived together, Casey. Uh-huh. I never once noticed your 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 sleep. Yeah, you're breathing when you slept. I'm, I'm a bit a, larger than I was whenever uh, we were living well, together. I was also going to joke, I'm just a poor roommate, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've had it for a while, but um, it, it's definitely uh, a life changer to have some machine that helps you force air in your lungs. <laughs> I, w- I will say, apparently I was that way for a while. I don't know, Brittany used to be like, when I had horrible snoring issues... And she'd be like, you don't breathe for, like, a long time. <laughs> and then I lost, like, almost a human being's worth of weight. And then it, I guess I don't do it anymore. I don't know. She's the person to ask. I don't know because I snore now. So <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to say. Here we are. <laughs> but Casey, back on roller coasters, how tall oh, are the kids? That's what we're trying to figure out. Like, we're, we're hoping we can get to, like, the 40-inch mark. At least 38. I'm pretty sure we're at 38. Because if they can hit the 40-inch mark, we can all ride Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. Yes, you all can. You all can. (laughs) How tall is Emmett? Is like 42 or something? 44 and a half. 44. Emmett's like 6 foot 7. More or less. I was going to say, there were only three things. Get pumps. (laughs) 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 So he's tall and has a big head for his... What was it for his age group? He's 
in the 96th percentile for height and head circumference. <laughs> that's just, an interesting thing to keep track of. Okay. Kid, you got well, a big head. I was going to say, the... Uh, 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 the the joke I've always made was just like the happiest day, happiest I've ever seen my father in 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 my life was the day he realized I was tall enough to ride all the rides at Kings Island. Yeah. We went to the gate and they they came to the thing and it's like, yep, you hit the hit the level. He just he looked at my mother and went, he's not yours anymore. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, Justin, uh, you've had a busy week. Yeah, it's craft beer week in Lexington this nice. week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I know you had like, I know at Void, well, Void had, I guess, two or three collabs. Um, yeah, we had two collabs. So two collabs and then, uh, let's see, one, two, three, like five releases. Yeah. Jesus. New new releases. So wow. I got all yeah. of them last now, night. No, it was, yeah, it, it's kind of like the, uh, Eyes were bigger than stomach thing, so <laughs> it was it was just a constant battle of tank Tetris and <laughs> oh shit! I need to I need to bottle like all of these little shits. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it's fun. And then so we're coming out of craft beer week. Everything was done. It ran smoothly, and then. <clears throat> One of the other owners hit me with the realization. They're like, I need to do this all over again for anniversary week okay. in three oh, weeks. Fun. So now it's like, I, I was like, oh, I'm riding the riding the wave after. And then he just said, oh, yeah, we're like three weeks away. And I just went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, no. just be happy. You all have a good community in Lexington to have a craft beer week. Because Cincinnati, it blew up, and the brewers don't talk to each other, and no one can organize anything. No one's willing to put any kind of committee together to do anything for it, and it's just, it's been dead for like five years here. I was going to say, it's been dead since uh, the, uh, what's his name, Dan Listerman retired? No, Dan just retired. Oh, did he just retire? I thought he retired like two or three years ago. Oh, no, it was just a few months ago, actually. Oh, okay. Well, he sold the brewery a few months ago. But yeah, it was he's... funny because like Lexington started like well, one of the home brewers uh, started Craft Beer Week, and at that time there were only like four or five, and it's blown up. But at the same time, like all the other restaurants were like, we should get on that, and then it'd be like <laughs> Taco Week, Burger Week, yeah, Pizza oh. Week. We had that for a minute, and then yeah, I, I don't think they do it anymore. No, yeah, it, it is exhausting trying to keep track of which week it is. But, it's, but like I'm it's like the random day thing they, where it's like, oh, it's National Donut Day. And it's like, yeah. really? Is it? If you can keep track of it, you can get free and really cheap snacks and drinks forever. <laughs> Just knowing what day to be like, all right, today's the day I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Tomorrow we go by whatever burger place. The day after that, we go by a taco place. Next week we get to, you know, and everyone's offering like a $5 thing or a free something or... I, yeah, that lasted uh, about a year, and then I'm I'm surprised Craft Beer Week has uh, remained as like strong and popular as as it has been over the years. But but yeah, like to get to what Chris said, like the craft beer community down here is is uh, they're 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 
there's a lot of camaraderie behind it, whether you're a drinker or a brewer or what. So for sure. All right. Uh, I I don't think we got anything to announce other than uh, we got a topic. Bob, did you even talk about what you... Uh, I didn't do anything, so I thought we'd just go ahead and move on. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Uh, um, Actually, what I did was work on an episode (laughs) last week and this week. (laughs) I yeah. say about not being too drunk. We're already a bottle down here, and Brittany just uh, wrong glass served me uh, doing the. I don't know how to get. Going. I, I she can't was just, like, see you wiggling the empty glass over my monitor and doing the head nod like she's flipping John Belushi. <laughs> you yeah. want me to do it so on camera and just be like, "I need more over here." Yeah, just hold up the empty actually. Glass I would I would appreciate that because I would find that very funny. Out, thank you. And now she's I'm like gonna... refill. <laughs> It would be funny if, like, she did that, and then all of a sudden, like, you you physically pick up a bottle and then go to the next frame, and then the next frame it shows like the bottle like pouring it. If Except only I had me. it placed properly. No, no one's ever <laughs> noticed them. But like across our like six seven years we've been doing this, there have been a few of those times where you can see like some real fourth wall breaking. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, Brittany, what you should be, you know, per tradition, if he was to pour that for you, you can't do it one hand; it's got to be two hands. Yep. Mm. And when you pour it, it must be must be with both hands. Yeah. Right, right. If if this was a a subordinate uh overseer relationship, you would also have to uh drink covering your face and looking away from the other person. Well, you lost me there. Yeah, that part doesn't apply here, but it is just weird things I ran across while doing research. Anyway, uh we're talking about sake today and drinking a fair amount of it. Um so, uh, like I said in the intro, let's hit the way back machine uh, because uh, we don't exactly know when uh, Saki was first made. Uh, we know that the, uh, <laughs> this is a quote I pulled from uh, uh, japansaki.org uh, or, or whatever, some Japanese link. Anyway, uh, the, <laughs> the technique to ferment rice into an alcoholic drink was developed in China and uh, it arrived in Japan along with rice cultivation around 2,500 years ago. No. Surely not. Surely. No one was alive then. You go ahead and mark your... Uh, your for Jesus. <laughs> I need a, I need a, a, a little, like... I want to make like a little animated pop-in of Eddie Izzard like, Ed, on the corner. Just no, we need out, an like, Eddie ah, Izzard bingo just... card. That's when you stamp it. Uh... Yeah, uh, also, I will say, as I was looking through this, as I'm getting ready to do the episode, and I was like, okay, when did when did Saki first start? And without looking at a single book, I went, I guarantee you, it, they got part of the idea from China. There's no way anything about Japan's history does not start out far enough back that eh, some of it comes from China. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that everybody's, though? I've, I've been on a couple of... Uh, like arguments, I would say online where they're like, "Well, technically, it started in China. That makes it a Chinese beverage." I'm like, "No, sake as we know it today is a Japanese invention, but will, started somewhere else." Yes, yeah, that's I will 100 percent agree with that statement. Yes, that's a good like caveat in there. The as we know it 
today mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is a good statement in there because you could say you know all alcoholic beverages stem probably back to to one specific or or many specific different cultures doing the same thing but as we know it today it kind of specifies it as this is the way it is this is the way we do things now um there may be minor improvements based off technology but otherwise this is kind of the the end product that you get it justin uh this this yesterday uh our mutual one of our mutual friends uh tried to hit me with uh uh history sake facts (laughs) <laughs> and I, he's like, well, you know, we've actually been doing it this way. The old way was a difference. Like, buddy, I'm going to need you. <laughs> Take a step back. He's like, well, I mean, I just did some research. Yes, so did I. <laughs> I, w- I would like to see your peer. Let's do a peer review right now. Let's see where your sources are. So is it, we, we go through this a lot on here when we obtain this like armchair knowledge and then suddenly there's real world application to it. Like when we're out on like a Sunday down at the levee and I'm just like Brittany and Emma are, right, are riding the train and she's drinking a beer, riding the train. I want to add on, on it with a bunch of like four and five year olds. And there's like, my, you wouldn't be, there's Those my four wife. Five year olds can drink too. <laughs> and then I'm wandering around and there's a bunch of people sitting around at a bar and they're suddenly, I just overhear. So I'll be like, I don't know. I think they're different. What does anyone know the difference between whiskey and bourbon? And then I'm just like wandering around, like don't stick your don't stick your nose in. It's not your. It's not. Your, you're not here to give a TED talk. And then suddenly someone says something wrong, and I have to. Well, actually, like pull up, see, that's slide, up your glasses and slide in, drop some knowledge, and then walk away. And then they're all just sitting there going, "Okay." See, my favorite was when I went to the uh, the liquor store and uh, uh, someone was trying to you know buy scotch and the person that the you know the employee was like i don't know what i'm doing and i had i came a hair of pulling the full ron swanson and going i know more than you hold on <laughs> uh but i was like yeah let's let's walk through what you're looking for here uh anyway uh i will say that some people do have uh the the earliest point of rice fermentation uh, a a sake a a sake uh, uh precursor uh, somewhere around 350 to 250 BCE. Context for that, uh, at least in Western civilization, for us, you know, American-educated people, because we only know everything that's happening in the West, uh, that was uh, around the time of the death of Alexander the Great and still before the Punic, uh, the Punic Wars between Rome and Carthage. It's been a minute. Think about that. That is one. It's BCE. That is yeah, uh, or BC. I I I, I do the common era thing because there's a whole discussion I can have about that, but that's not the point we're. Why do we call it called BJ? Uh, That's that's a that's that's a term for uh, uh, before uh, before job. Now, uh, this early alcoholic rice drink probably wouldn't be called sake by anyone's standards today, but is the beginning of the long road to the path that we drink today. Uh, So if you think about think about that when you are at your hibachi place and they are trying to squirt sake in your mouth from a distance. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a very common thing. I don't go to hibachi. I mean, it's it's. Technically, it's the equivalent of squirting like cooking wine or like yeah. drinking yeah. cooking wine because it and basically most of the time it's it's mirin, 
But I guess it could be sake, but it's not but, been super um, sweet most like whenever yeah. I've had yeah. it. But so mirin is like a sweet cooking sake. What I do find funny is when they do that, they don't realize I can swallow with my mouth open, and so they just keep <laughs> filling the filling out like ah yeah yeah yeah. Just <laughs> They're just like it's like I'm gonna need a new bottle soon. Uh, <laughs> when you drink semi-professionally, people are not prepared for when you go in public. <laughs> I mean, you go to a Benihana, they bring out the little, like, like the little kid with its pants down, and when they squeeze it, it looks yes, like he's peeing yes, in yeah. your mouth. And you're like, you know, you, you're just like, you need to go get one of those super soakers with a backpack, buddy. We're going to be here right. for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? Uh, tangent aside, don't even think about that, that Benihana thing. Don't drink that sake. Mm. Go out, buy good sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but or do, know. and then buy the good sake too. Also, also true. I'm not going to turn down sake. Period. Fair enough. Uh, the first written record of the existence of sake in Japan does come uh, come a bit later, uh, in the third in a third century CE. So, you know, six hundred years later, historical uh, Chinese time. document. AJ. I'm sorry. Span of time later. Uh, after job. Uh, uh, there's a Chinese document stating people in Japan drink sake. They drink it in groups uh, when they are mourning. Uh, the first uh, domestic record uh, uh, in Japan happens in the 7th and 8th century. Uh, 7th, yeah, well, yeah. There's two different books. Uh, one is the Kojiki uh, which is the record of anchored uh, ancient things and uh, the Nionji. I'm guessing at that pronunciation, uh, the Chronicle of Japan. Uh, and in one of them, there's a tale of uh, the god uh, Omiwa, uh, the god of the Omiwa shrine in Nara, uh, just coming from around like, the, the first century BCE, uh, when the emperor uh, uh, Sujin, Sujin uh, had a dream. Uh, this god told the emperor that an offering of sake would end a plague sweeping across Japan. Uh, and according to the tale uh, and uh, Omiwa, uh, it worked. Uh, the oldest, and that is still the oldest standing shrine in Japan. Uh, and that that god has been enshrined as the god of sake and master brewers in the Shinto religion. Uh, I would point out a bit of fact I found out in this. Uh, well, as I read this, I was like, you know what? I know of a, a sake brewery that opened up in the middle of a pandemic and ended it single-handedly. There's, there's no pandemic now. <laughs> Look, that's correlation. That does not necessarily mean it's causation, but <laughs> also uh, the word is nihongi. Nihongi. Okay, thank you. Because nihongo is means Japanese. <laughs> I I thought it was nippon. Uh, no, nihongo. Okay. Uh, I, but we literally just talked about this in my Japanese class last week. You're fine. <laughs> I am working with like you no know Japanese class Japanese than I do. My <laughs> Japanese is all technical babble. <laughs> Mine is a weird smattering of words I picked up from watching a lot of anime as a child. Oh, Brittany works yeah. for a Japanese conglomerate. Company, so <laughs> it's did. like all all subordinates are encouraged to learn the mother language. That's not I will, true. I I will say, Brittany, you should uh, you should call your uh, uh, next time you talk to your teacher uh, for that. You should call them Baka instead of Sensei. Yeah, just just try calling them Baka. They'll love it. 
I'm I refuse to listen to anything you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, it means idiot. They'll be very offended. It's very rude. There actually aren't technically from there's a thing I remember reading a while back. There actually aren't curse words in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, that is probably one of the closest things they have to it. Every uh, language has a curse word. There are words that you know they would use that are rude, but like they don't have. Yeah. From one of the things I remember reading once is like that feels weird for them to say. There has to be some weird caveat on that. So, but to be fair, she's so imp- it, insanely nice and patient. She'd probably be like, "Actually, you pronounce it this way, and then it means that." It's like I will always say, I "Fuck know. and bitch are universal. It doesn't matter the language; everyone understands them and the connotation." I mean, sometimes they have their own word like punta. Uh, anyway. Uh, by the 8th century, sake was a staple of the imperial courts. In fact, it was the imperial court of uh, in Nara, the place where we were just telling the story before, uh, where one document hinted that brewers uh, used mold to make sake, likely indicating the use of koji. So that is probably one of the earliest versions explaining kind of bits of that process. Uh, in 689, because... We are still so far back in time. I love these episodes, though. This is like some of our wine episodes when we got back there. Uh, we were like we we're talking about amphora in Rome, and we were dialing it back even further when we we're like oh, pre-Roman, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's so good. Uh, but in, in six eighty nine, the imperial court created a special division that governed sake brewing. <laughs> Japan's government was oddly. There are bits in there, like, if you look back in the past, like, wow, they have a lot of, I mean, they have a lot of things like, oh, wow, you have like a lot of bureaucratic divisions that I would not expect in, a, in an ancient society. Mm. Uh, it is good to point out, though, that at that time, only the privileged had access to drink sake, uh, most likely the restriction to the imperial... I'm sure someone out there was getting drunk, but the restriction uh, <laughs> this was restricted to the imperial court officials and religious leaders. Uh, records show that in the summertime, the emperor and the aristocrats enjoyed sake with ice cubes. And I want to point out, seven hundred in the seventh century. Imagine getting ice cubes. Yeah, really. Yeah, they probably it. brought that stuff from like Siberia or <laughs> like, at least like the northern mountains in Japan. Yeah. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, like they'd had to get had to have taken down a gigantic chunk of ice, brought a it down there, somewhere. and then like charved, char- uh, carved out just a chunk of ice to make cubes for the emperor and his guests. Literally, that- the opening to Frozen. <laughs> Let it go, Chris. Those those uh, poor Finnish slave children <laughs> carving the ice out and hauling it down. But they for- look so happy doing it. No, actually, they don't look happy in that movie. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Not, they're like, not they're even like singing a, a working. Like, hi ho, hi ho! No, not like that. It's <laughs> like a, it's like a legitimate. I, I keep wanting to use that term, and I don't want to use it. <laughs> so a, uh, we we could we could we can kind of like so to bring this back to sake brewing. There is uh, <laughs> thank you a type of. Saki, which we might talk about later, called uh, uh, Kimoto, but it's like it's romanticized. Like you see workers like ramming poles into a mash, and a lot of the songs that they sang were like working songs or like uh, like say like the the sea shanties to uh-huh. like ho hum ho hum. Like I'm ramming this this 
basically making mochi. And uh, a lot of those songs have cultural significance because they developed uh, as songs to rhythmically pulverize this rice. This makes me think of two things. One, uh, the creepy uh, swamp people in Mad Max Fury Road that are on like pole oh, sticks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, more, uh, uh, more accurate. Uh, more to sort of the 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 point of this is the uh, 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 sorry, Mad Max is now filling my brain. I'm just trying not to scream. Witness me. Um, it happens. Yeah. Shiny and Chrome. Uh, oh, uh, the 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 sea shanties because they they would do that same kind of like singing and like drum beat on like the the rowing crews on like triremes and and the like. So like there's a, a long history of. Well, we're suffering. Let's let's sing. Yeah, and the fact that it's only been a matter of weeks since I brought it up in a group chat that we need to learn some of these, so when we're all together drinking, we can just start busting them out. You need me to know sea shanties, because buddy, I'm already there. <laughs> we can make our uh, own TikTok. Uh, the tenth century code. That back to the topic. Sorry, tenth uh, century code of practice. Uh, let's give it a shot. Uh, Ingashiki uh, reveals many of the customs and traditions related to the sake in this period. Uh, it details the process of sake brewing, which at this point was still governed by the imperial court. Uh, the Ingashiki also outlines a sake ranking system based on the brewing method. Uh, for example, only people of high ranks enjoyed rich flavored clear sake. Uh, this was a point of contention with someone recently. Uh, lower classes uh, could only share unrefined murky sake. <laughs> just unrefined. The lower, the lower classes get the nigori. I won't have them. That actually wouldn't have been nigori because nigori, would, they would have to have added it back in. That is literally just unfiltered. Well, I mean, more or less, yeah. But I mean, I feel like you see that a lot in... Uh, this is I've, I've never been to Japan, but like when you uh, compare like drinking habits of Japanese drinkers versus American drinkers, you see this kind of like, I wouldn't say bifurcation, but this like good sake is clear sake or water like sake mm-hmm. because yeah. like it has this uh, image of refinement of uh, like higher status. Um, so a lot of them view it as in terms of like purity of, of a beverage. And so like when you give somebody like a murky, like quotes, unfiltered or less filtered sake, it seems like an inferior product when it's just a different product. What would, what would these, these rich Japanese folk think of milk of the void? (laughs) They would probably hate it. (laughs) Whereas here. Here in North America, we prefer to live in flavor country. <laughs> Here in North America, we chug it for money during streams. Uh, Although, we, I mean, I've served uh, uh, Japanese nationals like Milk of the Void, which for the uninitiated viewer, that is a nigori that we flavor with squid ink and lemon. So it's black. <laughs> it, it, it. <laughs> it looks like it would be very harsh to drink. It is very light and flavorful. Yeah. What so is people, what is the flavor 
of squid ink just by itself it's just neutral right or am i am i thinking it's it's pretty neutral it has slight brine to it but okay. like it it doesn't it doesn't taste fishy people think that it's going to take taste fishy but it, it's not they're confusing it with fish oil <laughs> now it, it depends on the type of squid ink because okay. like it's like we use powdered stuff uh but if Which you now smell makes me think the, that we need to have a whole episode on squid ink now, because you know, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like a drink, right? Chris, Brittany, add it to the list. It is in like <laughs> a lot of things, actually. I want colossal squid ink. Come on, someone get that for me. <laughs> now, when you put it in water, it smells. It doesn't smell very nice, but yeah, it, it, it's not fishy. It's just slightly briny, earthy, which. Already mixes with sake pretty well. Earthy. It would make it would make sense. It wouldn't smell well in water. It's a deterrent. You want <laughs> you want whatever is anywhere near this to stay away. No predators. No. True. True. Sharks. No sharking. But I guess I, I guess the the comment was to say that like if if a Japanese drinker comes in, they're just going to snub their nose at it. Like no, they they won't. They're they're just as curious as American drinkers because it's new and interesting. I have to imagine too. They're also going like, let's see what, let's see what this American does with their yeah. They come sake. in and sit down and look at you, and they're like, "You crazy wide eyes." Uh, I'm wondering. Well, uh, could you use the squidding powder as a pigment for? Like a paint, like an oil paint. No, I mean, that's where C- that's where that, sepia yeah. came from. Yeah, I was gonna say I think what? Too. Yeah, sepia was cuttlefish ink, and that when you buy when you buy a uh, cuttlefish powder, it's called sepia powder. Oh my god! That's, that's where the term sepia came from. That is more so you know. Cool. <laughs> big uh, big fat til. Yeah. yeah. On today, like what? <laughs> Even I've sat down with you for hours before and talked about this stuff, and it's still like all these great nuggets keep falling out. We're just going to have to ring you out over the next few episodes. Well, uh, I will uh, back to the the show. Meanwhile, (laughs) back at the show. Furthermore, the sake uh, was reserved for special occasions, such as uh, this sake, the, the clear sake, was reserved for special occasions, such as New Year's and festivals, usually as an offering to the drink, as a drink to the gods. And if it's as long as the gods will get this drink by me passing it over my lips, I'm fine with this processing it through my liver. They don't need it to, they don't need to worry about the hangover. I'll take care of that for them. That is my suffering for, uh, my body purifies it as I excrete it out (laughs) into the world. (laughs) Look, I'll say hundred percent. I have, Far less severe hangovers off a sake drunk than I do off most other drinks. As we recontribute it to the water table. I mean, fair. There was somebody that talked about the idea of like congenance and like compared to like sake, bourbon, wine, and like sake has lower amounts of it, which leads to lower, like less hangover. Yeah, in fairness, there's a, a a weird rabbit hole you can go into with like hangover science about what does and does not lead to a thing. Because I've also had people like, oh, well, bubbles will lead to this thing. We've we've done a thing. It's like, 
Yeah. yeah, but also like a good wine drunk leaves you feeling like absolute ass. Wine is the worst, in my opinion. Well, that's how I tell people it's like if you drink enough of something of a poison, you're gonna get sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, we all we all started drinking and realized like, oh, this is poison, but it's a fun poison. It's a strange planet comic. <laughs> I really. require mild poison. Yeah, but sake does hit you differently. It does. I will say, so far, I've never been drunk on sake. Like. Not oh. like blackout drunk on sake. Not Bob at New Year's. Not Bob. <laughs> I was going to say Year's. like I cannot make this claim. Uh, well, actually, no. I remember most. Well, no. I guess there was a period of time I was awake where you guys were like, "He's throwing up now." <laughs> it's uh, mainly rum. That and, happened. Rum and mead that I've been blackout drunk on, and that's why we stay away from those things right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, I will say the 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 special clear sake was also occasionally heated in a special pot accompanied by dried fish, dried selfish, salt, and miso on the side. That sounds wonderful. I want that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think later I'll probably the talk food. about the, uh, like the... the the heat treatment that you mentioned, like it was heated in a special pot, because that in itself is pretty interesting, because uh, it was basically pasteurization but developed pre-pasteur pre-pasteur and this is leading to the argument be it me and someone else had because i was like saying like i don't understand enough about pasteurization to have like weighed in on that but i was kind of like we're gonna have a discussion at some point so i hope at some point we get to the the topic of pasteurization units because that is one area where i'm like oh this is so cool (laughs) well you'll you'll be you'll be disappointed because like i i I won't say that it's not in sake literature, but you don't see it in sake literature because that's kind of, I feel like that that's an invention of like brewing culture and like that culture just hasn't intersected with sake brewing culture or maybe there, that crosstalk hasn't happened. But, but yeah, you don't see like, there's not a standard PU units for sake brewing. That I know of. This, uh, oh, good. Uh, this is reminding me, uh, Justin. Uh, not now, but I. Uh, you have a video that's just been texted to you. Um, that right. I said to them earlier. Uh, so you can get to it later. You you'll enjoy it. But the pasteurization. Two hands, Brittany. Two hands. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is gonna just not end well. Okay. <laughs> uh, god, we're not even the first section yet for anyone uh, who was wondering the orientation of how we're seated from each other it, it doesn't know. lend well to the like spanning the, the, frames uh all right yeah we need to we're, we're not need to t- need to need to focus up we're learning uh, things but still we're <laughs> on track uh it's fine anyway well br- yeah Brittany's gonna have to edit this that's that's the, that's the thing i have to remind myself I'm drunk. what else You're is drunk. new everybody's drunk <laughs> During the 12th and 14th century, the gov- uh, country's governing body shifted from the imperial court to the Sorry. shogunate. Yes, Brittany? Sorry. She just would you like to, to share your spill with the class? She just took a drink of he who's Oh, first. yeah. Yeah. That's a, that happened. Hey, you're not slumbering anymore, are you? <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, after they've shifted to the shogunate, the sake production began to shift as well. Uh, Bring transferred from courts to uh, from the court to shrines and temples. 
uh, leading to what has uh, been called the birth of sake producers. There is a very long period of time where you, you know, it is like sake is a, a more, it's, is practically religious, which uh, the next set is these religious institutions were treated sake as a commodity. As a result, uh, their, higher, uh, their higher literacy rate and desire for profit led to a significant refinement in the sake brewing methods. In fact, the basic brewing technique uh, developed around this time is still resembles most of the uh, uh, process today. Uh, thanks to this increased production, sake became more available to the general public. However, it was still limited to special occasions. Uh, conversely, by this time, the upper classes would still enjoy it in smaller groups or alone. Uh, and a variety of food served with the sake also expanded to include grilled fish, poultry, and simmered dishes. I would like right now grilled fish, poultry, yeah. and simmered dishes. All of the above. Someone get on that. Yes, right now. Bring it to me now. I will Some also say, me. we've done, uh, we had a whole episode on Japanese tea ceremonies. I would like to, we need to find sake ceremonies. I am working on it. Mm. Okay. So, I, I got you. This So it's interesting that like a lot of people think like the, 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 the grades or what they like, grades or styles interchangeably, but more grades of sake are more or less like when you're talking about like Junmai, Ginjo, Dai Ginjo, those are, uh, uh, like I won't say artifacts, but like, uh, uh, creations from like the 60s, 70s, yes, 1960s, 1970s. So, sake until this point is not like the sake that we drink today, it's similar, but not the same. That comes up a lot in the book that I did a lot of refer, uh, research from, which was yeah, uh, that's a great book this for is, the re- for the readers or the the, the video people and and uh, they're watching that that's a great book. I'll mention it again in the in the comments, but we'll, it we'll has a lot of great stuff. Uh, we'll and it. the I will say, uh, uh, speaking to the food stuff, they have a really good breakdown of like charts that I wish I wish we had a way to really show some of like their their graphics for the. Oh, this goes well with like this fish. This goes well with this cheese. Oh, I love that uh, stuff. They have they have a fascinating chart about uh, how sake's uh, acidity and and their their uh, like how it break how it compares to like wine and beer. And by and large, most of the time, it's like lower than that. You get to like some acidity things, and it's like you know, starting to pick up a little bit. But there's a like there's a lot of like just good charts in like the first like ten pages. I was like looking through there, going like. This book is gonna fucking slap. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've got to. We need. Say. We need to make sure we get that in the notes, and so we can update the uh, Amazon list because we need to get in there and do that. But if you go to the website, hey, shameless plug, uh, you can. We have a whole like references list, mm. and it just links straight to Amazon. If you want to get a lot, like we've just slowly as we go, we just keep adding a lot of our reference uh, materials in there. So if, so if I ever meet the authors of this book, I'm going to tell them, like, yeah, several of my friends say, quote, unquote, this book slaps. Yes. <laughs> this No, this book, this book fucking slaps. <laughs> this book fucking slaps. <laughs> we're, we're far enough in for when this VOD goes up on YouTube. We, we, we shouldn't have any problems with how, how deep the F word is in here. Look, we've already been dropping F-bombs and nothing's monetized. I'm just going to have to, like, It's also true. We're not monetized, it, like, period. All right. 
All right, well, let's dial it back. We, we, we hit the 60s and 70s. No, let's take her back. Brewers that specialized in making sake under their own trade names first appeared in the 13th century. And if you want to point out how far back that is. <laughs> yeah, put it. If you want to put it in like Western mind, you, you need to be thinking like William Wallace. This I mean, is... there are sake breweries that are older than the U.S. has been a country. Yeah. Correct. Well, that's this easy. is period of, uh, uh, this is like Trappist level of old. Mm. Yes. Yep. Uh, William Wallace and Robert DeBruce. Like that's, if, if you want to put it in a Western historical context, there you go. So uh, their numbers steadily increased from the 14th to 16th century. As a result, religious institutions were no longer the dominant producers of sake. That's right. Get out of here, Shinto. <laughs> uh, many new developments occurred <laughs> during this period. Firstly, the evolution of carpentry skills led just <laughs> that statement yeah. alone. No, 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 no. Carpenters are the backbone of society, and I'll fight you if you say otherwise. But the evolution of carpentry skills led to the crafting of big wooden pails, enabling yeah. brewers to make sake in large quantities. Secondly, big, huge tracks of pails. <laughs> huge tracks of wood. Oh, wait. Uh, second, so are you using pails as like tanks or like vessels? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I think of a pail as like something that I carry water in, yeah. not like a giant vat. Jack and Jill situation. Yeah. yeah. Jack and Jill. Went up the hill to fetch a giant vat of water. Seven Jack barrels Jill, of water. We're just Jack thinking. And Jill, Jack and Jill had happened uh, in the six one six universe, and it was in metric. Uh, ha- we're we're born with a, the mutant X gene, and we're able to lift <laughs> a a seven hundred gallon vat over their head. So we're yeah, we, we're literally thinking fooders. Like that's what sorry, we're talking uh, about. We're talking like proto fooders, correct? Yeah, more or less. Casey, okay. were you about to say? I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Justin, we did tell you that this show did run to 2 a.m., right? <laughs> God. Sure. Depends. And I are screwed. Depends on how much alcohol and how much we have to say. Look, we're not even halfway through this thing. This is, this I is, mean, un- we're covering thousands of years of history. This is so. the least we can give them is five and a half hours in this episode. Also, this <laughs> is what happens when we have someone that's not us in here because we need to show off for other people. Exactly. No, wrong. I feel like this is more about just shooting the bull and having fun. Yeah. Um, also true. It seems more serious when it's just us. We don't get enough like time for all out. of us to hang out. It, exactly. we, we've been backed up for, for a month. And then also we have Justin here who we also enjoy, you know. Exactly. Shooting the bull with. To to go back to the carpentry skills, a lot is like when you look when you look at brewery tours of uh, like very well established older breweries, a lot of their vats are works of art. Like they were made by like handmade carpenters hundreds of years ago, and they're just. Yeah, they true craft. They are works of art, and like the fact that they are still used in production is amazing. Which is, also can also consider they made with making rounded vats with very old tools. There's not like a, like oh well, I can just like etch this out with my my extra saws on. Well, there's there's things where like like there's now people that. Like that, that art of making those and repairing those vessels is now a dying art. Mm. 
Yeah, that's right. So now people that knew how to do that, like they're like they're trying to get people to like teach and uh, teach those skills to people, um, to <laughs> yeah, be able to keep those things alive. Yeah. Like things yeah. break, break, <laughs> and so you need to have people to repair those and that knowledge. I'm sad now. Like I'm sad from our Trappist series. Where we realize like, all the Trappists are dying. Yeah, it's like, oh, you enjoy Trappist beer? Well, guess what? You better go buy it all up now because you've only got a couple of years before it's all gone. Them, is, the monks are old, and that's it, it's this like love hate relationship, or I don't even know if it's the hate in there, but it, it's this whole relationship of yes, there's this new new world of sake. Uh, but Justin's part of like I, for me, I would not have guessed that orange would be a part of any sake that traditionally would be made, but yet here I am drinking excuse, the creamsicle shining one. Excuse me, and, excuse me, tangerine, please. Sorry, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, <laughs> but there's this just like with craft brewing, you know, there's this whole transition from old world to new world, and and as those craftsmen from Japan who repair the the tanks, who know the Toji, is it Toji? I hope I'm using the right word there. Yeah, who, to, who, Toji, Toji are like the head brewers. Who know yeah. the, the craft um, are kind of disappearing because it may not be as... Commercially viable? Commercially viable, but as as craftsmen, craftsmen-like, craft, craft people-like, there we go, um, as it has been... Um, there's this transition that's happening and, and we do love to hang on to the old world because of what it is, but at the same time, embracing that new world tradition. Uh, I will say uh, uh, on the, the, the terms of this weird transitionary phase that they're kind of going through it, uh, there is, Okay, well, there's two thoughts I have, but one is that there is a a you must uh, uh, there's a a classical you must follow this idea to be oh you know whatever, and then you have the the let's get weird let's let's play around let's let's try something different, and those are generally in conflict, and you'll have periods where one favors and one doesn't I guess depending on your culture, but. Uh, I will say uh, the second thought that was that was more prevalent in my in my brain was uh, we are going to get to a section where we discuss uh, essentially a Japanese Ryan Heiskaboot. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like everybody's got one, right? Like some some version of that. Some come thing. to Jesus point in your drinking where it's like, okay, we've we've all gotten a bit crazy. <laughs> Let's all calm down. We can't. We the can't G- be. Cu- the G man says, "Give me money." We can't. For, be, well, for I was just. <laughs> We can't be calling this. Uh, I can't be calling this. Uh, 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 this pastry stout a lager. <laughs> Actually, we can. We can be calling it a lager. Well, yes, uh, we can. Uh, That's against free market ideals, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, it's odd to hear just Bob be called Justin, right? Yes. Like that's making breaking me every single Ju- time. Ju- Justin knows me as Justin. Justin know. and Justin. as it is in fact my name. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's just how weird. I intro and outro myself in every episode. Not important. Yes. <laughs> Justin and Justin drunks at law. 
<laughs> Justin, we we need a law firm. <laughs> we do. Well, there's there's the ongoing joke that one of us is Justin Alpha and the other is Justin Prime. We don't know which is which. Ooh, <laughs> we don't know that. which is which. We dealt deal with we're on a huge aside here, guys. We'll get back in a second. No, this is uh, we're like. on a huge aside where in our loose friend group through college, there were three Chris Walkers it's in true. our group. <laughs> And I was the second one to them. I was the second one into the group. But the what was it? What did they all call that me? That said, you say that, but we also refer to one of them as Other Walker. As if Other was Every, his Everyone first started name. calling him Other Walker. But I was also Chris too, or I'd hate to say it because it's like propping myself up, but the good one. Mm, <laughs> or Chris I mean, Prime. You're you're my preferred Chris. I, mean, I, like, we, the, we I like Other Walker fine, but I don't do a show with that one. Well, it was just always, I was the one that was, like, likely to get drunk in a kilt and, like, take a crap in the middle of the room or something. Mm. Like, right. I was going to do something outlandish. <laughs> because. Anyway, uh, also, <laughs> we're all at that point of drunk where we get kind of uh, philosophic. I felt it coming on. We were all, like, dialing Wax and getting real. Yeah, we're getting real serious and, like, trying to, I don't know, we're all at that point of drunk. Anyway. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm going to get back to the words on the script in front of me. Mm. <laughs> Many new developments occurred during this period. Firstly, the evolution in carpentry skills led to the crafting of big wooden pails, enabling brewers to make sake in large quantities. That's where we left off. Right. Secondly, brewers in this period used a heat-based disinfection method. Mm, first recorded in 1569. Interesting this was almost 300 years before the discovery of pasteurization by Professor Louis Pasteur in the 1860s. Finally, the evol- or, I want to say evolution innovation of sake vessels offered a new and easy way to take away sake that previously had been either served on the spot or sold by wooden pails. This allowed people to enjoy the drink more casually with family and work colleagues. Sake in this period was usually served warm during colder months from September 9th to March 3rd. I can see that. So far, I've I mean, been yeah. at the point of enjoying, because that's always whenever we bring it up. Always comes up like, oh, should, should it be cold or should it be warm? Cold. Cold. <laughs> I prefer Maybe. it cold. It's... It- in, well, in modern in modern speak, it's kind of personal preference, but there is seasonality to what what Japanese like traditionally what Japanese people drink, um, whether it's warm or cold. Like a lot of warm sake has negative connotations to where you're like, oh, they just serve the shit warm, uh, but like it. it Different sakis do better, warm or cold, and it, it it's just dependent on on the sake. Justin, you have in, some, in my opinion, you have some nagoris that that like sing when they are when they are warm. Mm. Uh, well, the horchata. There are also one some. Warm there are also be... some that that just I'm just confused when they're warm. They're delicious, <laughs> but I just like the logistics don't make sense. How did banana turn into tapioca? <laughs> Well, uh, it, I mean, it's just the the modern drinkscape. It's just like 
whenever I explain to people, it's like, you need to warm up this beer before you drink it. And they just look at me and they're like, their brain breaks. And they're like, huh? Drink warm beer? Not warm, just less cold. <laughs> yeah, warmer. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like when, when we go visit family and they're like, oh no, the place where we buy beer, they keep it in the freezer. It's at 20 degrees. And I'm like... I guess if you drink crap beer, that's what what temperature you want it at, so you don't it, taste it. <laughs> it it will certainly. But if you talk about con sake, which con sake is hot hot sake, there's like ten different grades of con sake, and they all Jesus, they all are different by two degrees Celsius. Con as in K A N, probably or yes, uh, yeah, no, no, not K H A N. It's so so it's not Eric C Con, right? No, I was gonna say so not Con No, no, not that. Con Konzake is uh is like hot sake. Yeah. Um so it it can be like room temperature, lukewarm, kinda warm, like hotter than body temp, or oh, no. hot or like scalding hot. I want everyone to take a pause for a moment and realize Bob's roommate is now going, the hell's going on in there? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he uh, knows exactly what's going on in, in there. Fairness, in fairness, he knows I'm recording. And, and two, no, he doesn't. He's a, He knows you're in, in your room in a full Kirk outfit just having a complete episode. He probably has headphones on and doesn't hear what's game. going on right now. All right, it's well, fine. We, we are going to pause our history sake until the next of these episodes that we do, but big changes for sake were on the horizon. Dun, dun, dun. Now we get, uh, we really need to just get a stinger of the how it's made music. Right? Oh my God, right? <laughs> uh, also, can, can, <laughs> Brittany, I need you to, to, to clear our entire VOD and just put spinning parts that make sake. <laughs> Because that's what's how so, that's, made. That's what so how there it's actually made is it's how it's made. Things. There actually is a how it's made on sake. I was like, oh, is there? This, I'm certain is there, there is. is. Yes, there is. And th- to my embarrassment, part of learning how to do it was watching that that video. There is no uh, shame there, but also I will say, uh, uh, I'm thinking about that. Like, oh, and then you do this, and then you this, do this. This was but, years ago. This was like five, probably five or six years ago at this point. <laughs> so, but I'm just picturing them also going like, but for some sakis we do this, and it's like the drip method, and that's where I start going like, yes, <laughs> give me that. <laughs> I oh, want. Son of a. Okay, All right. Never mind. Let's continue the episode. I'll drink that other thing I just realized I have later. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's. Get I have a I have a tokubetsu hiding somewhere in my fridge. Go find it. I uh, no. All right. Well, uh, how it's made. So the so process. Funny you just said that. The right. process for making sake is fairly similar to brewing beer. Uh, it does have a few more steps, though. Let's try to run through the process now. We'll skip the growing of rice for now, as that is more agricultural than we care to get into for now. I don't know. Maybe we will. We we will. We will get into a a, ter- a terroir of the rice. Just not a lot of me. people hate that word. Oh no, I do. I feel in bad. the sake brewing community. There's yeah. I hate saying it, but for context of anyone listening, it's just like oh, I guess they understand the word terroir. 
but eh. let's Frenchify. <laughs> I need to hear this. No, popularity no. in the West let's as burn, well. Now the sake those. making process let's, is as interesting. Never mind. I'm I'm about to get very. Chris, continue. I'm about to I'm about to dig myself into a hole I will not dig out of. First is polishing the rice. Uh, this isn't necessarily buffing the rice to a nice shine with some pine saw. Uh, have a drink. Uh, now brought to you by Pine Saw. Thank you. Polishing. I know. I know. I know. Parentheses are not meant to be read, but also, thank you. Polishing <laughs> is essentially uh, scraping parts of the rice off. It's polishing rice instead of scraping rice or grinding rice. Because it sounds nicer. Uh, the rice polishing ratio shows how much of the rice surface is removed. The reason for polishing has a significant connection to the composition of rice itself. Uh, the core of rice grain is rich in starch, while fats, vitamins, and proteins are concentrated near the surface. So I didn't realize until I was doing some of this research how much polishing can affect some of the things that go on with some of the brewing uh i i i you know knowing a lot more about beer i tend to think with beer most of your stuff's with the yeast that's where a lot of your that's where the flavor comes from but sake does have a lot of differing inputs that lead to different flavors (laughs) Yeah, so the... Um, <laughs> I was sorry, I was waiting for... Justin, you're wrong, let me tell you how. <laughs> no, no, it, that's basically it. I mean, the reason it's polished so much is, one, to remove that layer and concentrate starches, and... Get that jello the Modern brewing techniques, that the modern brewing of sake that we know, they've realized if you polish or mill away those outer layers you remove that bit that gives sake that kind of like brash flavor and you get more to like as you remove it you get more to the refined uh like you get less of that stuff that gives it flavor and that's the reason like some rices are good eating rices because they taste good versus like a lot of sake rices that you can eat, they just don't taste very good because they've been bred to not have that many proteins and fats. So is it more about like, okay, for sake rice, we're trying to take away a lot of the rice's flavor that you would normally get in food and allow the flavor to come through in the way we we treat it after rice production, more or less? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say like with a lot of the like, more modern uh, ginjo, dai ginjo, like brewing methods. Yes, that's what they're doing. Okay. But like, you can still make good sake with table rice. It's just going to be more fuller flavor because it's not milled to the to the rate that some of those higher end sakes are going to be milled. Cool. Because they're taking away that like what they're taking away the stuff that gives the rice the flavor. Yeah, that is. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so we're not to flavor country yet. No, oh. we're not to flavor town yet. Okay. Look, I'm just saying my favorite text we have ever received in any of our lives was, "Oh, I almost I I, I missed a decimal in our in my in my estimations for how much malt should go into this beer." 
And I went, and I think it was Chris going, I think we almost got to Flavor Country. No, Casey was uh, telling us about uh, a brewing almost mishap when... I think it was like, it, it almost went from like five pounds of a... Uh, a, a black malt or something to 50 pounds of yeah. black malt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I'm here for it. to 50 is a pretty significant it's a, we oversight. Almost, we yeah. almost went to flavor country there. <laughs> it's like I a chocolate here. malt even on a three and a half barrel batch. I would like, drink that beer. I would oh, happily uh, drink it. Casey, I would, I would do unspeakable things to get that beer. <laughs> no. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, look, I one, time we brewing, one, time. one time we were home brewing, it was kind of like, you know what? Let's just brew a beer with all of our like leftover malts. And it was a beer of 90% specialty malt. <laughs> you told me about this. We oh. called it the Frankenfurter. Yes. And, <laughs> and it was delicious. Oh it my be. goodness! Yeah. But it's like in the context the of us not knowing what delicious was. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the king's cup is amazing, and sometimes you're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh no!" And and sometimes it's just something only I drink. <laughs> it's like if your brownies are all vanilla. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. It's like being the the. Uh, the graders on, or the judges on the uh, the cream ale of uh, of a competition, and you're just like, "Yep, I've had ninety cream ales today." Yeah, I don't see the problem. You can pick a you can pick a very easy best cream ale there, Chris. You're just bitching because you just couldn't hang. No, I'm bitching because one of us drew the great uh, the great straw of that and got the wild ale category. Uh well okay. I think Fair that enough. was Brittany that was on that one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm 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 teasing and I apologize. Let's get back right. to the episode. <laughs> on the on the other hand, uh, fat and protein have strong flavor profiles that, in excess, uh, can adversely affect the flavors and aromas of sake, resulting in an unpleasant product. This is why rice polishing is a vital step for making sake. Sake made with unpolished rice has a comparatively deeper, thicker taste, uh, giving the impression of a strongly flavored sake with a noticeable smell of rice. But when sake is made using well-polished rice, the aroma is bright with a flavor that leaves a light, clear impression. Mm. Chris, I'm, I'm afraid there is a color in the dark... That I've never seen before. <laughs> there is. I don't know how to comprehend this color. I I'm used to only only the basic Four. colors. If anyone's, I want to say new here. I don't think we were to talk about it on stream. It usually goes blue, green, no, no, no. orange, it is. purple, blue three. No, no, light it's blue. light. It's, it's light blue two. Light blue two. Light light purple two. Light green two. And light orange one, Brittany. You chose a one. different color, a different number, and it offended me. But in homage to that, someone has a different color and a different number. All right. Light red three. <laughs> so we've talked about polishing. And really polishing, like you could say polishing milling, a lot of people use them interchangeably, but 
Um, I, I writing a lot of this. I, I I had to fight not to keep writing milling. Mm. I was like, oh, they say polishing. I should put that polishing in. Polishing sounds prettier. It does. I prefer the term but... choking the bishop. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not in this world, but to me, milling at least from the brewing oh, side of things, just 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 the sake world. Sorry, I thought you meant just not in the world we all inhabit. Uh, I'm not in this world either at this rate. I'm I'm two bottles of sake in. Um, so two bottles of sake, two bottles of sake. Um, at this like in, in, in the sake world, I. I well outside the sake world, brewing world, looking at grain, milling to me means cracking the grain open and like creating multiple pieces. Whereas polishing is more about removing the exterior portion of that grain. It's yes. a different yeah, it, yeah, it, that, it, it's that's, a different that's, that's world, actually, yeah, that's that is yeah, it's very crazy. There there are some people like there are some sake like people that will like use them interchangeably or have switched to milling because that's what people in America are more familiar with, but, but that's pretty much it. So rice polishing is you're taking away the outside bits that make undesirable flavors and you're concentrating like the inner starchy bits that make refined, like clean sake. Because so after you, I'm sorry for taking us down to like a very pedantic road, but like whenever you're looking at, rice it is a grain so it's like a seed basically right so you've got the outside of the seed and the inside of the seed and you're really trying to just strip away the outside of the seed because it's a totally different flavor profile than that internal fuel for that seed to start up that that starch on the inside is really your your fuel minus whatever endosperm i don't I'm not really sure. No, that's, the... that's right. Endosperm. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to take oh, away my... the outer bits of the seed and get the... to the starchy endosperm, which is the energy packet of the seed and, or the grain. And, and, and that gets later into the thing. So after we've polished the rice, we wash it. So the abrasives that they use, we want to wash the rice to get rid of that like talc or whatever they use. Um, and then uh, since water's already involved, let's go ahead and soak it. So we soak the rice to preload the grain with water for steaming later. Uh, but this help. Uh, so it also helps avoid cracks and things like that. And that gets to like, it, it, it's kind of a um, – it helps avoid cracks, but it all comes back to the milling, the, to the polishing process. Um, but the whole point of it is we're milling it – I'm sorry, uh, polishing it. You can say mill. To, fine. We don't care. Okay. I, yeah, I, I keep using it interchangeably, but you're, you're milling it to – the main reason is to keep the grain intact. Right. So like, as Casey said, milling, you're breaking it apart. You're trying to open the grain so water can get into and, and, you know, uh, convert the starches into sugars. Whereas polishing, you're trying to remove the outer layers, keep the grain intact. And then when you soak a wash and soak the rice, you're preloading it with water. Um, and, 
then uh, the you're, you're and then at that point you're going to steam it. You're gelatinizing. Open up those starches to water so that it can make sugar. Uh, and then at that point, once you've steamed rice, you've opened it up. You're going to add koji, which has the enzymes necessary to be able to break down those starches to make sugar for the yeast. So we've already talked about kind of koji, um, but kind of going back to beer, we've like in beer, you malt the rice. So you're using the natural like embryo or the natural like grain to make those enzymes. When we polish the rice, we've, we've killed that embryo. We've sloughed it away. Uh, so we need another organism to do that. And that's where the koji comes in. So that's why sake brewing uses that koji on rice, on polished rice, to be able to make those enzymes. So when we throw it in the mash, uh, it can break down those more complex sugars into simple sugars so the yeast can ferment into alcohol. Uh, so the rice itself lacks those enzymes necessary for that. So that's why we need the help of some other organism that Aspergillus arise. That's really cool because I would love to see what polished barley would do Ooh. in this process. Like if we, ha- if we started with a polished barley and did the very, very similar process of, okay, we've gotten rid of all the, the enzymes on the outside. It's just the starch. Would it taste much more similar to sake or would it be something that is sort of on its own, a different, uh, a different creature? Or would it be something in between where it's a much lighter flavored beer? Are we heading into a world where now six row barley is getting, or, you know, two row barley at that stage, because it's, it's definitely needing more, um, more of that internal, you know, starch there. Are we heading to a world where if you take that away, you now get a even less flavorful beer and it's just the alcohol that's coming through. Hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's where like, um, with, uh, with barley, you're going to be, um, you so, so you can, you can Koji barley and that like a lot of times they'll like what's called pearl it. And that's where they're um, using like they're mil- like they're polishing the outer bits of the barley because like the seed coat prevents a lot of or prevents the koji from penetrating into the grain. So that's so, when you go in when you buy pearl barley like at the health food store or whatever, that's what it is. It's like you've taken off the outside husk of it. And it's yep. just that interior starch, interior starch. I, I had no idea. That's so cool. Yeah. So like when, like, and a lot of people will grow barley on like, or, I'm sorry, go koji on pearl barley. Uh, Cause once you lack that seed coat, the koji can actually grow into the grain. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let me find where I was on the thing. Uh, so yeah, so we're using the koji to break down the sugars into alcohol. Uh, 
because it's not malted, we're lacking the enzymes to be able to do that. So that's why we need that other organism uh, to, to perform that process. Uh, because that it's, it's, it's polished, uh, that embryo is gone and dead, that's where the koji comes in. Uh, so for Japanese sake brewing, uh, it's almost exclusively using a type of koji, which is yellow koji. Uranium, uh, right? Same thing. What's that? Yellow cake rain, uranium, same thing, right? <laughs> yes, yellow cake. Uh, ironically, it's a green spore, but they call it yellow koji. Oh, this is like a a, um, a Iliad where they don't have a concept of what the color blue is at that time. No. So, oh, okay. uh, and then there's another type of koji called white koji, which the spore is brown. Bob was, was going gonna... for a real historical reference there, and Justin's just like, <laughs> smack. No, no, shut up. That's wrong. All right, fair enough. I, I, I am incorrect. The water is the color of wine, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Did all of us watch the same video? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Probably. But, um, so, yeah. So, Saki's primi primarily using yellow koji. Uh, and uh, we're the main process to convert uh, the sugar, or, I'm sorry, the starch into sugar um, we sprinkle that koji over rice um, in a very it, hot and humid environment. And you turn it into Parmesan cheese. Basically. It looks like Parmesan cheese when you do it. Um, so the process of growing koji takes about 48 to 70-something hours. Um, but we cultivate it. Uh, to grow evenly over the rice. And then we use, uh, and then once this moldy rice is ready, we use that and we add it with uh, fresh steamed rice, water, yeast, and sake. And then that uh, uh, moldy, fuzzy rice helps break down that uh, fresh rice in in the mash to be able to make sim uh, simple sugars from complex sugars into alcohol. So every time I've, every time I've seen like individual little bits of koji rice, they they look like a little like I sound dumb. They look like a, a little like like, like a frosted uh, a glass yeah. version of it. Like, like a little they look bit like, like little rice krispies. Yes, like a yeah. rice krispie that's got like a little bit of extra like it, Yes. Yeah. So, so really, you're you're growing enzymes more than anything else. You're not really doing it to convert the the rice that's there into sugar. No. You're doing no. it to to like build up the enzymes that will eventually convert the sugar or the sorry, the starch that's in the larger volume of rice into sugar. Correct. Yes. So in the distilling world, you're using 10% of barley that has enzymes with it to a 90% of corn and 
rye or whatever else is out there that hasn't been malted that doesn't have those enzymes. Holy so like crap! A, corn doesn't have that it, those enzymes in it. Sorry, I just it, realized that. Not if it's not malted. Yeah. <laughs> just I. It just yeah. hit me, and I just went, "Holy crap! He's right. Corn doesn't have those enzymes." The world so, so has changed look, in my brain. When you look at the when you look at the koji rice, it's it smells like of sweet chestnuts, but it visibly looks like a white frost over yes. the rice grains. <laughs> also, so, in large clumps, like... <laughs> it looks like like cheap Pizza Hut sprinkler <laughs> Parmesan cheese. Okay, my brain just like went off on a side thing. We were talking about corn Shocked. while we were doing this. Um, it's corn. Half, it's corn. Oh. So my brain was just suddenly like, "Have you already done or thought about doing a heavily like adding corn and doing some, you know, because you're a Kentucky brewery, corngy? Yeah. So <laughs> I so we do have some. Uh, we do have some blue corn that we're gonna make a oh. Kentucky like." <laughs> Do we break this news? <laughs> We're going to call it the Kentucky Futsushu. Um, wait. Uh, <laughs> oh Kentucky Futsushu Common. The KFC. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Justin, I'm getting my car right now. I'm going to your house to go hug you. Do you, do you that need is the someone? Best, that is the best thing I've heard in my, in my whole life. Do you need some assholes to make you the like mock KFC logo for the label of this? Because we will make it. Yeah. We will well, make no, it. That's, it's got 11 goji and spices. <laughs> Y'all, okay. I feel like in the last like month or so, and Bob, I know you haven't seen the movie, whatever, but there's the gif of like Hermione from her, her, the first Harry Potter movie. When she's like, hand up in the air, like, pick me, pick me, pick me over here. I know the answer. And that's how I've been like in the last like two months for that like everything that's happened ever. Uh, Brittany, uh, that was me for four years in every high school, <laughs> in every college history course I had. Brittany will make pick this me, label Pick me. You. I know the answer. Don't listen to the other people. I will tell them for, the, for you. It's fine. I'm going to find so- this gift. Justin, has Bob told you? Yeah, that sounds weird to me. We just had a huge announcement. Um, Breaking breaking news. Has Bob told you that he has never, of course, read the Harry Potter books? I've never read them. Or seen them. Or or watched the movies. I I will defend Bob in saying I read the first two, got into the first chapter of the third book, and said, no, no, this is the same book. And I'm tired of it, and I refuse to read more. I didn't read any of them. And I remember being trapped in an airport on a layover when Goblet of Fire came out with a a friend of the show, and he was even reading it. And I was the, like, during the layover, it was like a four hour layover or something. I was the only motherfucker in the entire airport not reading this book. We were on our way back home from Cancun. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just sitting in the airport oh. with a tennis ball that I found bouncing it against the wall because it was just hundreds of people reading this book around me. And I'm the only person sitting there like, yep, bored to tears. To be fair, I will say that to be fair. I didn't to be fair, finish fair. the final book, but it's fine. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Well, oh, to thank be fair. You, I need someone else to get to get the letter kitty. 
letter to, joke. I'm just setting it out there for everyone. Never seen it. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, to, to continue on this topic of magic. Mm-hmm. So once we throw this weird mold that we've grown on the rice in with more uh, steamed rice, yeast, and this koji, we get into what's called the moto or shubo, which just means yeast starter. This is where I found like there are three names for this period for this section of 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 brewing, and I was I was yep. very curious if you would go. No, I call it this. So moto or shubo uh, is what uh, people will call it, but but basically it just means yeast starter. And so basically you're doing a mini mash to build up yeast for the main ferment. So like a lot of, uh, so with the standard brewing of sake, you do what's called a step fermentation. So you start out small, then you build it and then you build it and then you build it to its final volume. And the main thing is that three, four, much, much like cell in CDZ. There's imperfect, there's semi-perfect, semi-perfect and then there's and perfect. perfect. <laughs> so you start off with imperfect is the moto. Uh, or yeah, so you're starting out with a mini mash and then you're building yeast. Um and wait, 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 wait. So so moto and yeast starter are the same thing? Yes. So shoto is a different thing. No, no, moto and shubo, shubo kind of yeah. mean the same thing. Okay, okay. So there, there, there's just different words and English translation that that roughly mean the same thing. Yes. Okay. More so or less. I, I was afraid. I was like, oh, did I, did I mess up? Nope. Okay. So it, yeah. So there, there's multiple words for similar things, but basically, you're starting off. the The main thing is you're starting off with like a mini mash. To build up yeast, and then you take that starter and build it, and you're then you're doing this what they call San John Jacomi, which kind of means like three step. So then you take that starter, you build it up, you build it up, and then you build it up again, and you're doing like a three step process where you're adding more water, more koji, more rice. Uh, and building the volume up. Is this process... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I have a dumb joke that will happen at the end of this. (laughs) Is this process based off of the size of the sake production facility, or is it just, okay, we start out, we know that we'll need this much of the, the beginner starter, and then you still have the three stages. Um, so it's based, so yes, it is based off the volume that you are wanting to brew, but the way, the easiest way that it's measured is by dry weight of rice. So basically like how much rice are you going to add to the batch? It's not like I'm going to make 10 barrels. It's I'm going to brew a batch using 300 kilos of dry weight rice. Cool. Cause that's just, that's just an easier way to measure it. 
Awesome. See, my thought was that uh, when you start brew, start the 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 multiple multiple brewing processes of uh, of Sanki, it's just that you know your love is bringing me higher, <laughs> higher, and higher and than higher. ever before. <laughs> I'm glad all of us have watched entirely too much Ghostbusters Two. We're a giant. Statue of Liberty walks the streets of downtown New York. But I also just got the thing from that one good God, whichever Ted Lasso the episode that was from the season where it, Nate uh, starts talking about the lyrics of that song. Oh yeah. Oh, I uh, hate Jude. It's, it's uh, the episode where, where uh, uh, Ted's kid is. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm trying to like not go into a tangent. He basically explains Hey Jude to a child. No, it's fine. It's Let's not move that on. One. It's not that one. Beard explains Hey this Jude is, to Beard, a child. Beard explains Hey Jude to Ted's son. That is the, the Because Ted the is end trying of that to hire a PI just... to spy on his ex-wife. I didn't see that one. I'm saying... Oh, are you thinking of, of, of Piggy Stardust? The one where uh, Nate is in the press conference and he's they're asking him about the, the West Ham team and he's like... He starts, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, getting to know more, getting to know them, and then he starts getting into oh, the yeah. song lyrics of like getting to know more about them, more about them. getting to know, and it was like, wait, okay, and then <laughs> okay. he has to pause and like lower himself. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Because 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 he was not at the same level that Roy was, where he is just going full Ted and just go. Let's move on to the actual episode, please. Continue I'm on. Sorry, Do I'm not wrong. let me go into a Ted Lasso tangent. I will. I will not let this episode end. We've no an entire season of Ted Lasso has been building for some kind of post-show discussion. All right. We'll wait till we so get we've there. talked about building uh, the mash in three stages, right? The so mash, as I call it, your love. Yes. So that's what separates kind of sake from other things is, or other ferments is the mash and the ferment are all happening at the same time. So once we've built up the mash in those three feedings, that's when it like the ferment actually starts. And so it basically sits there melding with all those enzymes and yeast. And depending on the recipe can be anywhere from two weeks to four weeks. But once you're done with fermentation, you have to separate the unwanted bits from the desirable bits. And so you pump that into a press, separate the yeast and unwanted koji. And at that point you now have sake. So that's the pressing and there's different ways that you can press it. Some sake brew. And then after that, depending on the recipe that you use, you can start off at 18 to 20% or you can, before you filter it, you can add water or what they call brewer's alcohol, which is basically low grade uh, or like single distilled neutral grain spirits I will say, in addition to water. I will say during a lot of research in this, the, the brewer's alcohol addition made me understand, oh... This is a lot of like the Daiginjo 
we'll, we'll, we'll raise the ABV, but I mean, well, it's not really raising the ABV because like by law, they can only add like 10% of the volume of water that they're adding. This is neutral grain spirits. This is why we brought someone who knew what we were talking about into this episode because I was wrong. He just I, did a Spartan kick there. He went, "This is neutral grain spirits." Spirits. Because ah. I was like, "Oh, I assume this raised ABV," but I was wrong. And, and Spartan I, kicked I, your ass I, back I, into I, that well, lowering I, the ABV. Really? I. So is it one of those situations where? Okay, we could add water, which has zero ABV, or let's, we could let's, add. Let's let the, the intelligent like, person add add information here because <laughs> I'm dumb as hell. Apparently, this is really between Casey yeah, and like, Bob or Justin. We definitely like are in. in uh, we, we definitely appreciate. That's the word I'm looking for because um, two bottles of Justin's sake and on this one. Mm. Um, two right. bottles of sake. So we're at, like you could add water, just straight water, or you could add like a 10% alcohol solution, which is still lower than the current alcohol concentration. Is that kind of what yeah, we're Yeah, it's usually like, it's usually like a 30% alcohol solution, but it's only 10% of the volume. Okay. So even at that, you're, you're still only adding like 3% to it or whatever. Yes. That, that may yeah. be. Yep. So it does change the, the flavor profile of the beverage that you're doing it. Um, and they only they only started doing that towards kind of the end of World War II uh, to kind of extend their uh, their their production volumes, so they could use less rice and get similar alcohol volumes. Oh, that makes all the sense in the world. So that's kind of like after you're done fermenting and you're done pressing, uh, you have this high alcohol volume or this high alcohol product. And then you can add water to cut it or a flavor adjustment. Um, so you can add water or uh, this brewer's alcohol cocktail to it to adjust the flavor. And uh, there's there's different pressing methods that we can get into, but basically you can either like push it through filters, like filter media, or you can put it into bags and smash it, or you can just hang it and let it drip. <laughs> Are the the main ways of filtering sake. I have, I think I've had the the push it real good, and that I have also had the 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 drip method. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and each one has its kind of like pros and cons, uh, and it all has to do with, um, I guess, yield and uh, the extraction of the products that you're going through. So like, you can force something through a fine enough mesh. But if you force it enough, you're going to get undesirable products. And so there's a you have to keep in mind, like how you separate the lees from the sake. And um, 
there are more efficient ways and less efficient ways. But but anyway, so your the main point is to separate the liquid from the the yeast cake, basically. Uh, but once you do that, we're finished, and we can add water to proof it down, uh, or we can filter it further to clarify it to whatever per preferred method, and then we pasteurize it, which we can talk about pasteurization later. But basically, it's a heat treatment to stabilize the product. Justin, what is the uh, uh, what is the highest ABV of sake you have run across? Uh, the highest uh, is twenty one. Oh wow! Whoa! Twenty one percent. Is that all yeast based, or is that adding in some additional grain alcohol to get to that point? Basically, nope. That is all. That is all fermentation, baby. That wow. is. That is party town oh. right there. Whoa. By, just by like, the way, I, I will 100% say I, I have that had is aggressive some... and yeah, it's it is aggressive and you taste it. <laughs> I will say I I have I have tried not anything like quite that high uh from 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 you Justin, but it's just been like the the you you could get like a oh that has some that has some a b and v <laughs> and this in our, this in our early stages in our early stages of r and d yeah there probably were some sakes that got up to 20% but the recipes that we that we use it it tops out at about 18 yeah 18 to 19% that's like, it. No, in I our R and D stages, though. we had some slightly flammable uh, <laughs> recipes. Well, I mean, how how do you how, what is proof, Chris? It is where you could pour gunpowder into your alcohol and set it on fire, and it flash. Yep, <laughs> those are the rules for something being one hundred proof. Ah, <sighs> wow. Okay, and uh, let's um, get. Let's so, get finally, finally to <laughs> to before we get there. Uh, uh, do we want to no, take never. an intermission? I, I don't think that's safe. We're close to halfway of this episode, maybe just over. <laughs> do, do we? Justin need says no intermission. Please don't. No, because we'll never come back. Power through. <laughs> okay. We got this. We just got to do this. Just look. I tomorrow's gonna be a long day. Brittany, um, keep this so in. I, I am the weak one, and I just popped the second bottle. Oh, oh we're, well, we're got another hour at least. I, I, popped, I popped the second bottle like like uh, twenty minutes ago, maybe. I am already and, dry. And, and I have I have barely gotten in there. However, <laughs> Casey, Justin, and myself are mm. drinking for one. Chris and Brittany drink for two. That matters or not. We're two bottles down. Oh, and I'm already it in matters <laughs> because you have two people drinking out of one bottle, and the other of us are drinking one person two multiple bottles. But you listen. I'm, I'm, I'm out of sake. Yeah, I'm out of chilled sake and had to move on to beer. So no, no, it's fine. Uh, you guys talk, and uh, Br Brittany will just continue talking about the rest of this stuff. We'll get there. I'll try. Brittany yeah. will slur us to Casey. Shut up. <laughs> okay. At least she's the one that has the best grip on 
the Japanese language. I would say the best grip on reality, because right now that's probably true. That's not no. that's through no, to reality. Not. Oh, no <laughs> gravity. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, no. The Japanese thing—it just made me like go down a rabbit hole of the company I work for. I was like, "Oh, look! Here's the building in in the headquarters in Tokyo." Um, okay, so uh. June Mai. This is actually what we're supposed to be talking about. One of two <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah. Three things, um, I guess. Well, I mean, okay, so the, the year's theme, or focus, topic, whatever you want to call it, is sake. So we've we've covered that at least. And this particular episode, <laughs> just however long it took to get here, is about Junmai, which is a particular kind of sake. So, uh, also I apologize for any slurring that might happen. It's amazing that I can see the page. So, uh, there are are a few types of different sake styles to talk about, but today we are starting traditional with the Junmai or Junmai Shu. This is probably what you think of when you think of sake, unless you are thinking, uh, are still thinking of hibachi chefs. I I still don't know what this is, like the squirt bottles thing. I've never gone to hibachi in my life, so that would explain that. Can we all go to hibachi together? I we want to. so I've that never was, gone. So that was my like growing up. Every vacation we went to a hibachi, no matter what the town. We didn't have that kind of money. Um, no, I mean it's fine. <laughs> we didn't go on vacations. Listen, no, I understand, Brittany, but we're, we're now. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> as it as it says from the beginning of the episode. So, uh, Junmai can be translated as pure slash unmixed rice sake, which means that no additives have been added. Um, so, we talk about one of the additives already, like adding more alcohol to your already alcoholic beverage. And you can even add rice solids back into your sake to make it a nikori. But that's veering off today's topic. So, because uh, we haven't done that already, Junmai is more of, or more or less, Rice, koji, yeast, and water, which makes it the most stripped-down version of the choice of some purists. So, I, I assume this is like the Reinheitsgebot version of, of sake. Yeah. On on the nosy. Yeah. Uh, until very so, recently. Oh, oh, oh sorry. sorry. Justin, Justin, interjection. No, I was going to say, like, a lot of what people call, like, styles of sake are basically these grades, and they're basically tax grades yes oh okay yes. We're learning all kinds uh, we, of we cover we cover actually a number of them today but we we have some other ones we can get into later right uh until very recently the guidelines of producing junmai require that the rice used for junmai must be polished to a minimum of 70 percent uh ooh, that's a word say my buai uh the percentage of rice uh, remaining after polishing. The lower the number is, the more rice is removed. Okay. So rice for bulk sake, uh, futsushu, was polished less. Interesting. Um, so in the past few years, however, the polishing requirement for Junmai has mysteriously disappeared. Some of the larger sake com- companies in Japan were worried about uh, futsushu Futushu being viewed as an inferior product and asked the government to lift the polishing minimum so that all sake made from only rice, water, yeast, and koji 
could be called Junmaishu. This request was granted, though now all Junmai classified sakes must have the exact Saimaibuai printed on the label. Most brewers continue to meet the 70% minimum for producing their Junmaishu. So there are some breweries that just say, fuck this convention, we're not labeling it. Yeah, that's and right. we just won't put the the mill rate on it because we make sake how we want to make it, and we don't want to be labeled as such. Mm-hmm. And so that's the point. Like if you don't if you don't have the the label on it, then you have to call it this one thing. Yeah. Versus, yeah. So we've there talked is- about that in many, many, many episodes about like, which I fans I admire them because they're just like fuck your convention. I'll make my own. Flying dog has entered the chat. And dogfish head, for that matter. <laughs> Flying dog and dogfish head both are just like, um... There is a a heavy, um... Uh, uh... One, there's a, a right high school feel about this, about kind of the, the, this idea, but also just, yeah, you have to call yourself to call you this, but also... Screw them. But there's always follow your heart. We live in bourbon country. Bourbon is one thing. Well, it is one thing. A lot of corn. It is. It is whiskey made with 51 (laughs) percent corn in in Kentucky. Kentucky. If you're a Kentucky resident, uh, hmm. Uh, but but you can have people in Pennsylvania. No, you can't. They can call themselves a a Kentucky a bourbon style whiskey. But I will fight them to the death. I'm gonna say legally. They can be wrong. Legally, they can, but they can also be yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, th- this we we cover this so often because it's it, every country, every every um, I want to say spirit, but every every type of alcohol, I guess, every type of of, of consumable alcohol, uh, has their thing. Like we've mentioned the Rhine High School a lot, but like uh, champagne is also another or um. Chem Pagan. Burgundy or one of those so like Burgundy. Exactly. Yes, you're Burgundy. Uh these these have to be made the specific way in only this location. And like so the, yeah, we we've gotten into that kind of a lot. It's just throughout history, this is like the pattern. <laughs> I also love that we, we only allow that Kentucky has the only one that we will do region and recipe everyone else is like yeah that's fine you can do what you want <laughs> yeah no bourbon 51 hmm. 51% corn from Kentucky otherwise get out look there's not many distillers with the balls to not have something to do with Kentucky and like they bourbon. got the oak barrels there, from somewhere there's very few who are have you know they're willing to just come out and be like we have zero percent to do with Kentucky and here's our bourbon like just people don't have the gall to do it. Also, and they're I just Kentucky realized adjacent at MGP. Yeah, no. Yeah. If you're a ten, if you're from Tennessee and you say that say that shit, I will come to your house and burn your house down. <laughs> but Tennessee <laughs> just sticks to like even they. They're like, no, we're Tennessee whiskey. That's true. They, they don't, share. They, don't they share a bad. border. They know. They know better. They do moonshine and Tennessee whiskey. They don't do they. They've rarely claim bourbon. They sell you. They sell you heaping jars of sugar. And go here. Here's moonshine. our here's yeah. our clear whiskey. So like, you apple pie moonshine. Yeah, yeah. 
My parents live Look, like five I've minutes had, from that I've, stuff now. I've had apple pine moonshine from, from the hills, and I've had rat poison moonshine <laughs> from the hills. And Brittany's holding like a th- a pump of soap. No, for some okay. Reason. Like because gonna drink one because <laughs> because one because I'm drunk, and two because I'm like, okay, no, I've gone whole. I didn't realize, but I'd gone like whole hog Japanese stuff because this is from my company that I work and for. And she's she's got to like pimp yeah, it. I've got to shill this stuff because I was like so proud that I got the like stuff on the discount. And because they're like suing Disney, apparently. Yeah, because they should. There's a name Ron DeSantis. No, well, no, no. They're uh, showing Disney because yeah. uh, they sold Disney uh, the little. They, they apparently they patented the like hand stamp foam soap, and they don't sold. Say, don't say foam soap. That's the law. <laughs> that it fair. Well, the the stuff that stamps it in a shape on your hand, yeah, and the, then Disney the then took it, one and yeah, Disney, Disney took like, it and got someone else to make it and started selling their a uh, different one, and they're like, "Oh wait, we own the patents on we this. have the patents." Nah, on. dog. I got this one from work, and we have um, this one does a paw print on your hand. I was like, yeah, for so Billy. that's what I was gonna ask. If I pump it, if I pump the soap, does it put a Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Foam shape on my hand. The Mickey one does, but um, not. It's not like the right one. It's not official. It's not on up and up. I guess they don't. Justin Disney doesn't legally own that. A different company legally owns that, and Disney's selling it as though they own it. And so there may be litigation in the future. What I would prefer. Quote quote a movie, uh, Master and Commander. This is the modern world we live in. Mm. Yep. I ain't going uh, against Disney. This, <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not Justin, saying Ron DeSantis is a fucking idiot, but I'm saying he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Justin, the the thing I would say in this instance is, uh, um, you know, at a certain point you just have to to push it. Push, push it, it real good. I was <laughs> waiting. I was waiting to see what happens. No, Mister uh, Mouse. Yeah. Also, go in the side to anyone listening to this who understands literally any of this. Yes, I'm just, sorry. I am very sorry. I was gonna say I don't even know what you're saying, but I know you're apologizing. <laughs> go in the side. Yeah. That is that is one of the 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 random smattering of Japanese words I know. And in fairness, that tracks. When this glass gets emptied, I'm moving to whiskey because it's World Whiskey Day. We're we're like determined to be <laughs> sleepy okay. as hell tomorrow. Our friend uh, uh, still uh, wake uh, up at uh, five a.m. <laughs> Chris, Japanese whiskey it is, then? Ooh, it is. Ooh. Cowabunga, it is. I'm not supporting you when you are like, I can't do this. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have kept drinking. Oh, look, after I drink this this shot of Japanese whiskey, it, it I, I break out the gift you guys gave me a while ago about the decanter that I do not know how to use. <laughs> So, Justin, you wrote a whole other category of sake on here, and we're not even through Jinmai yet. Nope. Here we are. This is how this, this works. This, it's because this we, we were so excited about the sake that we're all just like, yeah, let's drink all of it that we have. And then we chugged I it have in a, the first I have 20 a, minutes. I have, I have a rough rule of how many pages an episode should be, and then I forget to account how much we're willing to ramble. So, yeah. And then Brittany, we have a please, guest. We're please, more rambling men. When we have guests. Lord, I was born a rambling man. Please cut me off. 
We're so sorry, Justin. I I, I don't know if you plan to sleep. He or... wants to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'll sleep and I'm dead. I thought you said Justin. Right, I was, I was like, hours. who? This goes to the a point. balls on this woman who thinks Jocelyn is listening to our fucking bullshit. So, uh, well, she mentioned my name once and I was like, <sighs> okay. You got, so, you got the lady bones. <laughs> this goes to a point I had, uh, I was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, someone brought up like, oh, I missed my twenties and something. And I had to immediately pause. And I was like, I don't miss my twenties. Like I've, I have ridden my whole life. For everything it's worth, I miss no decade of it because I rode that decade till it was done. I miss the ability to survive like I did in my twenties. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I, can. I miss destroyed my body enough. <laughs> I, I we we, we all have a we all have a friend who <laughs> probably needed to to enjoy less. Yeah, well, but it's. I don't know. It's like, can you look back on your 20? I'm like, I can look back on my 20s and like, I had a lot of fun. Would I like to relive that? Probably. God, Do I no. miss it? I'm like, no. I rode my okay. 20s hard. I've rode my 30s hard. I was like, I'll continue like, riding. Every, all right. Like, From 20 to 28 is a blur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, uh, uh. When Brittany, did we start? We started this in our thirties, didn't we? You guys did. God, I'm fucking old. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Brittany, are you finished with your section? Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Casey, <laughs> what's the next section of our of our of our episode we're doing? For sure, it was the Jumai Gingjo category of sake, uh, mandated to have a rice polishing of a standard of 40% removal and 60... Oh, whoop, there's the hiccups. Uh, or as we call them, the sake-ups. Uh, 60% <laughs> remaining. This segment of sake uh, is... Ma- Ooh, I apologize. <laughs> Lordy, Lord. He's got the vapors. And that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have, we have contracted the vapors. I'm the equivalent of one liter... Of the equivalent of one Louisiana woman. <laughs> Let's do the math here. One liter Let's call it twenty-one. No, a twenty-one. Twenty-one year old. Sixteen percent alcohol. One liter of sixteen percent alcohol. A sixteen-year-old Louisiana woman. That's what I heard. Chris, you heard the same thing. Somewhere near that. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So, this segment of sake is made using only the simplest of ingredients, rice, water, mold, yeast. It's not too many I, times that you get to call mold out as one of your ingredients. Right. That's what I was about. Yeah, I, was I, like, I was just about to make the joke of, like, really? Really? This cheese is riddled with mold. <laughs> if Capri Fair. Sun did it, they would not be as, as easy <laughs> to drink it. Yeah. So remember the word Jumai means rice and water only. So Jumai Ginjo translates to rice and water milled to 60%. Jumai Ginjo is a great collection of brews that can be fruity and fresh to ripe, sea and dry. The category is perfect for the sushi counter, clean and balanced cuisine, and easy seeping. 
Uh, I want to go back to that like English. I, oh, sorry. Uh, I want to go back to the Japanese. I pronounce it. Yeah, it's what's saying sipping. You're, yep. you're. By the way, how much does everyone else want to go? Like, mm, what the? I want some sushi tonight, right? Oh, I've mm. seen so many things looking up. We just socket. I'm like, oh, sushi. We just bought a oh, whole oh, pack Justin, of cat Justin. toys of sushi cat toys for our future cats. Right, fair, fair enough. Justin, There's even a soy the sauce toy. Justin, you're the same. You're in the same state as me. Oh, you can eat sushi tomorrow. Half price sushi. Half. Yeah, sushi. it's gonna be a uh, clean the freezer out. So. I'm just saying, you dumplings, yakitori, soba. I just meant like, do you want to go? I just meant, do you want to go out with me to go get some food before before we go down to 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 void tomorrow? But you know, follow your heart. Sure, yes, sure, I'll do that. We'll 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 go we'll go to to the the most pleasurable, happiest of sushis in Lexington tomorrow. It is good. They'll serve it to you in a boat if you get enough. Don't tempt me. So there are some variants on the Jumai, the Genju, and the Dai Genju. Dai These Genju. are milled more than your normal Junmai. And here is where the brewer's alcohol comes in to make more of a distinction, though not necessarily for raw ABV percentage. Genju Saki has the milling and polishing standard, standards of Jumai Ginjo, which means 40% removal and 60% remaining. But the difference is the maker's use of the bit of brewer's alcohol to clean and lighten up the sake. And in some cases, can even make the sake more fruity with more pop. Added alcohol doesn't fortify Ginjo sake, but is used to bring out more aromatics and textures best served chilled. Alcohol, of course, lower... Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a dish best served cold. <laughs> At lower uh, lower uh, temperature, where, you know, evaporates, brings a lot of those uh, aromatic compounds up to the nose. And so um, you can get some of those same um, same flavors that, that are uh, brought to your olfactory senses even served chilled. The Jumai Dai Genju category is the, sorry, Dai Genjo category has the highest standards of milling rates in the sake market with a minimum of 50% rice polishing and 50% remaining. Basically, they take away 50% of a rice granule. Um, but the standard is often surpassed by brewers looking to push the rice milling envelope that results in sake that can be milled down to 35%, down to 23%, and even 7% remaining figures. No, no, or or below one. There are some breweries that, but- that have they they label it as like one or zero percent. We're no two hours. We're two so, hours in. I don't know what Bernie's going to cut us down to, but also, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, so that point, that is ridiculous. So point uh, point four. Basically, is zero percent remaining. That's O'Doul's, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you're you're not wrong there. Anything below point five is, is non-alcoholic. So, are we saying that it, according to uh, <gasps> a, a, to US a ABV, we we can have a non-ABV sake? Well, I'm just saying, like according to U.S. standards, anything below point five is is non. So that means that you can have a non-rice sake. If there's below, well, to put it in this context, you buy 
a thousand kilos of rice, you mill it down to one hundred kilos. That's ten percent, right? That, that's ten percent. That so, motherfucker has been milled. <laughs> that's been milled to its like yeah. In, so that that's one Come reason on, why it's so milling. expensive. I would I would love so I, I listen to Casey a would love to have someone just milling milling rice. I mean I've had, like I've had sake just, that's, da, 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 I've had sake that's been milled to like twenty percent, and it's so light, but at the same time, like it tastes like water. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I, I came. To a- it's delicious. It's delicious and fruity, and that's what separates a lot of the, like, Junmai's to Ginjo, Daiginjo, is you get these, like, really fruity, tropical flavors, almost pineapple-like. But it's so delicate. (laughs) Justin, I will say uh, uh, the idea of uh, 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 breweries that I'm allowed to talk out of school about, I was like... Oh, that's a oh nope. Shut your shut your mouth. Do not say that. That was that was that was told to you in confidence. <laughs> uh, shut, so I wanna... shut your goddamn whore mouth, Justin. Mm. So, uh, whenever we're looking at this, and I'm thinking like, okay, like this this is a really interesting flavor profile. At the same time, I'm looking at it and thinking, you know, like. If you're already milling it down to that low of a standard, then, well, or high of a standard at that rate, um, like, why not just distill it? You know, why not just go ahead and take it that next step, distill it out, water it down a little bit, and go that route? Um, I know it's completely a, a different beverage at that point, and as far as the U.S. is concerned, a different tax rate. But uh, I, mean, I feel like you already know the answer to that. It's just. <laughs> Justin, when do we have soju? It's just, yeah. it's just so best measuring. <laughs> yep. When 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 will I have soju? What? <laughs> Whenever I can distill. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. He's, he's put in his licensing uh, documentation. He just Correct. needs to wait for the feds I, to get back. I to no, I, I can't. I can actually argue that point. It was just one of those. Well, like, I can sell it to somebody to distill it for me, and I buy it back. What if you just <laughs> happen to give it to someone who didn't buy anything? I just say, hey, distill it. Oh, look, we've got we made a mistake. We made a mistake. Imagine we need to get rid that. of this stuff. What if what, the, what if the distillery for, next door were to happen to get the uh, the proper things? Who's our Who's our Hoover of of mistaken sakis? <laughs> Justin, we'll talk about this after the show when we're not being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so these Oops, ultra- it's twenty two percent, not twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, these ultra and uber Jumai daikon juice, daikon juice, uh, because we mm-hmm. always need order or add in a uh, German word in there with uber. Um, all drink with the elegance and sophistication of flavors and complexities. The entire category is exceptional for consuming on special occasions and gifting. 
June. No, it's kind of like those square watermelons. You just you just want to give somebody a square watermelon sometimes. What? Don't you know like the whole idea of square yeah. watermelons? Okay, again, another thing we'll talk about yeah, after this. Jumai Daigenju sakes are fantastic on their own and great with champagne, fair, and elegant appetizers. They are always served chilled. Yeah. The Daigenju uh, category has the same million standards of 50% removal and 50% remaining, but sake makers and a little brewer's alcohol add a little sorry, add a little brewer's alcohol to lighten the brew a little more and um, lighten out the aromatics and give softer textures. Look, if you don't know what a square pineapple in front of your door means, you can't afford it. Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) When sake makers send their brews to national sake appraisals and competitions, they usually send their Daigenju sakes. Mm. Okay, I've That's got it. Time in. You're welcome, Justin. We're done. Well, they'll like- also send. They'll also send their what they call competition sakes, which are not the sakes that they would serve to their consumers, but basically, it's like the sake to win competitions. So is it like serve. you can have a sixty percent? Well, sorry, forty percent milled sake, sixty percent remaining. And send that to a competition because they've got a category for that cate- for that area, or so there's like a separate uh, like competition for like technical brewing, and so th- when they talk about these competitions, it's a lot of it is like technical brewing. So start versus like. So it's it's kind of like the uh, the equivalent of like J JABF. Okay, you're gonna brew a beer or a sake for JBA JBAF to a standard. Letters letters are escape me, mm-hmm. but you're gonna brew a beer for that competition, but it's not what you sell mm-hmm. um, to the consumers. This is basically. bad. So it's like competition. This is a specific batch of something that we've done because we want to make it exclusively for this competition. There may be a bottle or two that goes out for the general public, but in general, this is not exactly what we do for competition or yep. for for the, for what we make. Yeah, and so the standards of like competition sake versus like standard sake are a little different, but at the same time, like it's. <sighs> It's it's kind of a different beast. Like there's like the the commercial aspect of it, and then there's like the the production aspect of it. And it's your expert like, of it. There's different competitions for each one. Like so, you can win a competition sake and then be like, oh yeah, we won this competition sake, but it's not what like they sell to consumers. <laughs> so what I'm coming to from all of this is we really need another episode where we don't even have a script. We don't have a, 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 a written down. Here's what we're talking about. We just need like a series of 200 questions that basically we're going to ask you because there's so many very different categories of things that we want answers to but we don't even know where we want answers to them until we get in this conversation yeah Yeah, pretty much viewer submission viewer submission justin how cool are you without being episode three 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I 100% knew what episode two was going to be. was not entirely certain what episode three was going to be yet. So hmm. New Year's Eve, we do it then. We get him drunk as crap. And it's much like this one, with, but with more sake somehow. <laughs> and and no all of us script. together in one New Year's place. Eve's never scripted. There's just a drink list, which is scripted. It's dangerous, but and we at we least have a time limit. And we see how far we can get through the drink list. And do, you know, do you know how I threw up in your house with, uh, <laughs> with uh, 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 squid ink sake? One <laughs> of the people here in the call right now. I mean, we that's got why, a lot of money for that. Though. That's why the trash bag got gold-plated. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, isn't it, Justin? <laughs> well, there was gold. There was gold leaf in it, so it was gold-plated puke. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't want to even hear the word puke. Oh, also, yeah. I have to do a well actually for a second, um, or um actually perhaps. Uh, I think it'd be daingo daing. Oh Jesus! Christ. No, 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 no! In ja- well, okay. Uh, sorry, you've actually had class in it. My my understanding is that in Japanese, you, you pronounced every syllable of the word. So if there, every letter that is shown, you'd have that. I don't I do not believe. It's usually, your, it's usually two syllables. Like, in, well, I was gonna say in Romanji of of Japanese, they do not they do not have a silent letter. Correct. Every it, it's almost like where I was just say like Finnish, but like it's like every other flipping language in the world where it's like one letter's one sound. Oh uh, yes, except Finnish. for French, where they're like I was gonna vowels, say whatever. I the the the, the le français would disagree. Excuse so French viewers, and Welsh. If for a you second. want to learn to read Japanese, just like do Duolingo for like the first three lessons. And it teaches you the suffixes and or like yeah. uh, prefixes of like Japanese, so you can look at a word and be like, "Okay, die, gin, Joe, I get it." Toji san, please teach me about about sake. It doesn't teach you anything else. It just teaches you like when you see a word, you can pronounce it. No, <laughs> I'm just like no. We we try to use Finnish as a way to say anything. Like they're just European uh- hillbillies. That's all they are. I'm just saying their I mean, language. In fairness, is... They have a word for underpants trunk, which I don't think anyone outside <laughs> the Appalachian South understands. I mean, and we all need a word for underpants trunk. We yeah, do. they haven't even have an emoji for it. <laughs> yeah, um, that like that's the thing. Like that's, the thing with the language is like it's it's one letter, one sound, and like for the most part, the uh, Japanese has the same vibe with it. With and then you have you add on the things like the T S U the tsu as as it's not a letter but yeah whatever, uh, I was just trying to say like it, it's it it ends in O as in but and I was hearing Casey say ooh instead of O. I just oh. need to know whatever the Japanese for underpants drunk is so that I know to shout it when we're there. I'm honestly I'm, surprised and, they don't have it because, and I'm staggering around in my underpants. Yeah. Just, um, just, to, just so everyone's clear. I'm under pants drunk. I need you to know, like maybe not do that if we get to go next year. Well, I will <laughs> because they'll know that this like six three like yeti stumbling through the street in his underwear. They're like, it's just an American. <laughs> just I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna believe cryptids, cryptids exist because of you, Chris. I also need to like. Like if you... I think of I think of Chris walking through Japan, and then I think of like. Uh, uh, balls of fury. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, that's when I have to be like, um, is family allowed to come? Is it okay? Like, I understand if they're not. And the whole like, time, like when I'm just- finally allowed to go to work for work for like to Tokyo for the to the headquarters, and be like, um, and I'm like, do I just paint Hello Kitty on my penis and it's okay? Or yes, no. I mean, sure, not at all. All right, are we? Uh, yeah, let's just. We- so uh, where yeah. are we? What where, what what are we? What were we drinking at play the, the point? play the thing? Two and a half hours in, so. Would you taste it for us, please? <laughs> Excellent choice. Should be for ninety-five cents. <laughs> it's hard to get all. Like I need to up the volume on that. That, that is that look. is not indicative of of the sake we've been drinking. It is indicative of uh, Idaho champagne, <laughs> sparkling muscatel. Sparkling muscatel. Muscatel. Okay, so I think all of us kind of went into the same one. We have my... we have one sake hookup. It's let, let me, me via the other Justin. But what? Did, okay, what did we? Chris and I actually. What did we drink first? Because I think we all kind of went into the second one at the same time. All right. So because uh, we went through two bottles of sake. Two bottles, sake. two bottles yeah. of sake. Two bottles of sake. I don't think yeah, Red Payton. They all went Reverend Payton at the exact same time. Two bottles yeah. of wine. Two bottles of wine. All right, so uh, we started with, guess what? It's from The Void. Hmm. <laughs> Damnedest thing, that. Damnedest thing. Not so. <laughs> uh, Luminous Wonders. <gasps> oh. oh, I did recommend that for you guys. That's, that's You're the guys who had that. I didn't have that in my cabinet. You're the ones who had... That was quite good. Then you gave it to us. That's the yes. Way. That's the only way we have it anything. It was delightful. It was, was like... I don't know how old most of this stuff is because you've been giving it to us for like two years. And we have... And we suck. We've had a four-year-old. <laughs> and it's impossible <laughs> to find Way time. Back to the, uh, to the uh, script, that is a Genjo grade sake... We just call it Tokubetsu because it means special. Yes, it is uh, quite good. It has almost a gin flavor to it, right? Yes, it but is. But like good? It is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was bright and flavorful and it was carbonated and it was just. Oh, mwah. I Justin heard me drink that when he released it, which was like, oh, this is water. I will Die! <laughs> oh yeah, I'm it's glad silent drinking drink. this stuff. Yeah, Just, if, oh yeah, I'm glad the bottles are as small as they are. Like it was delightful. <laughs> it had it been larger, I could have drank a larger bottle. That's yeah. what was. <laughs> no, this is this is a safety measure. Justin, uh, uh, so it's in mind for uh, for uh, 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 distribution levels. Oh, the bottles could be larger. You say. Mm. Uh, and then the second one is, is I think one that we all we all this could have been the, either what either we all, all had and like it just existed. I don't know if everyone drank it at, at, during the episode, but no, I did. Casey, which one? He who slumbers. No, I didn't pick it up. Ah. No. All right, go to hell. <laughs> I got it. Like, give me ten minutes. 
because so this one's like a, a smash in because today is apparently World Whiskey Day. So everything just kind of seems to meld together, and so it's a he who slumbers. And if we can, we can hear from the brewer why this is just just look at that color. It looks like it should be a, like at the bare minimum an Irish whiskey, right? Why, why does this work for World Whiskey Day and for a sake episode? Well, uh, Chris, it was aged in uh, whiskey barrels. Hmm. Which is why I prefer like, eight months. Ooh. Ooh. Bloody son. Age profile on that. And it was delicious. Mm. I still, uh, you, you could hear the, ep- the point in the episode when I poured it for Brittany and she takes a drink. And it was just like a suddenly she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Our bottle still looks like the label still looks very nice, actually, <laughs> as if we just bought it. Oh, thank you. I wrote that. <laughs> no, 100%. <laughs> By the time you guys got that, he wrote that. He painstakingly wrote that on 2,000 <laughs> bottles. If you look real hard, there's a dick in this (laughs) in one of the corners. (laughs) Chris, one second. (laughs) My dick, my dick, my dick. My dick, my dick, my dick. This is what happens usually on episode, Justin. I have to accept the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put an explicit label on this one. I'm just not even gonna bother at this point. I mean, in fairness, is Dick that explicit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends on Richard. where you're at, really. Save some time. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Anyway, so uh, speaking of so Bob, Bob, what what have I been drinking? I started out with the nope. That bottle still has alcohol in it. I have to drink that later. Um, <laughs> That's about uh, right. I I started out with uh uh. Pines of Paradise. Mm. What do you think this is flavored with? Everyone else, not Justin. Grains. <laughs> I. I'm sorry. I don't know. Grains of Paradise. Binds. Binds. B i n d e s. Well. Mm. I'm too drunk. I don't know. B i n d b i n e s. Sorry. I. Oh, okay. As a brewer, you should know what that means. You should. Say, oh, I, it was the I D that threw me. It was the D I, that threw me. I can't. Say, oh, I'm no. going to go with with hops because yes. it has a D in the binds. Casey, <laughs> imagine a sake. Casey, imagine a sake with alpha acid. Ooh, a little bitterness. A little bitterness. Uh. I have but, questions, but, but I want to save them for is, the next go. It's very crisp. Uh, it's it's is a light bitterness, but it has enough like kind of like a, 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 a crisp taste. It is pink when when it actually comes out of the out of the glass, <laughs> but it is delicious. You cannot get it now. I drew. I drunk maybe the last bottle. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Justin, I, uh, I I want to talk to you at some I, I, point. I did not give you that bottle. No, no. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you, Justin, at some point about the uh, brewer supply group. Um, uh, Justin Hopples. or Bob? Who, Justin, who are you talking to? Not Bob. 
Yeah. You know, oh, you know so good mean. and well, none of us are going to say Justin about cutting you off. No, Ain't no, yep. no one's talking about talking to me. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll excuse myself. I'm sorry. Like you guys have a good rest of your episode. <laughs> but they've Shut got up. this new hop oil thing going on. I want to talk to you about this. I'm interested. Oh, there's all kinds of hop oils. I know. Oh. Uh, but, I'm, I'm starting to get in like the perfumer style world where you're just looking at like compounds that are separated out specifically. Casey, I, I really want to talk about sh- about stuff after the show with with you two. Let's do it. We'll, we'll get to it afterwards. I will say what did follow what did follow up afterwards was also Hugh Slumbers because it's World Whiskey Day. It's the barrel aged sake, and look how yellow that mm. sake is. I don't have any to hold up to drink at all. Also, yeah, we, we look them. how full that goddamn glass I have is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a boss pour. Look, you assholes have two people to drink out of this. Of, I'm dying alone, and it's of liver poisoning. Sorry, At this rate, Casey, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I've had two, two void sakes. The first one was he who slumbers, and oh, was uh, the- it also from void sake? The, Sorry, the, not the not in- he who slumbers. Um, the inverted triforce. Let's. The, by the way, everyone, please buy our way to any sake you hands. want from from Void Sake. Uh, we mm. have no sponsorship because we just don't get sponsored. We don't. But, we just um, really love these people, and they should get all the money that ever exists in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So no, the shiny one. To me. Uh, the shiny one was was one of those, and I feel like I should let the person that created it talk about it. No, no, no. Hold on. I, I have, I have, I have one. I have on, one Bob's opinion drunk. about. <laughs> I have an opinion about about uh, the shining one, which I do enjoy. It's the basic bitch Nagori. Whoa! Wow! That took a turn. Whoa! You know what? Is that yeah, a call out? Is. Look, I'm just saying. I look. At, I, I, a number of new people show up at Void. They're like, "Oh, I've never had this before." You want the you want the uh, the the shining one? Do I? Yes. He's like as the man who sits at the end of the bar, calling out people <laughs> who walk in new on a Friday night. As the uh, oh god, at, what's his name from Tears? Norm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Norm. Norm. Justin, am, am I the Norm of Void? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably accurate. I have way too too firmer uh, 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 a, a personal relationship between brewers, owners, bartenders, at all. I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime you got to use the at all. To, to put it into context, my uh, bartender on like a certain day was like. Oh no! I'm Is gonna get Justin very. Is Justin F. gonna come in today? And I'm like, I looked at my phone and be like, eh, yeah, he said he was. <laughs> <laughs> we have stories after show to talk about about this. Let's continue. People are worried about you, Bob, when you don't show up at the sake bar. Correct. When you don't show up. One hundred percent. So I had that one. Dude, just ask if you're gonna come. <laughs> come, come to the to. 
Oh, I know. I get that <laughs> question that it's a just lot. Like... Phrasing. 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 I watched one of my uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels today about Disney because I was looking at some Disney water park stuff, and they kept comparing their water park experience to the Jonas Brothers, and they kept using the phrase. It makes me wet as this Jonas Brothers does. Oh my god! What, yeah. what channel is this? It ha- it was it all ears? All I ears. Blame, I blame oh god. Tom. That, all ears. That, that has to be what all ears has come down to now that they're minus Molly. And I feel like it was very much a an unintended consequence of the way they were they were kind Let's, of. I've got to say, I've got. Oh, hold on, Casey. What you're drinking? We will talk about later. Uh, a post show, our our Disney opinions because hmm. I have some very recently that Chris knows one hundred percent about. You're just raw because you're not going. It's true. It has no. It has nothing to do with. It that. has it everything is, to do with. The no, fact you're not going. No, it doesn't. We will talk about this after the fact. <laughs> Casey, what are you drinking? Uh, for the most part, Justin's it was the one that was deep and pussy. <laughs> wrapped in <laughs> that's a that's a visual joke Brittany's cradling your face <laughs> Saki hits you differently than it beer. does it does I'm going to tell you tomorrow if I don't have a hangover I am drinking the other 18 bottles of Saki in my closet oh my god Casey I'll drive down tomorrow you wake up in the morning at like, like 9am and go Bob I don't feel hungover all right, we're drinking at least three oh, bottles tomorrow. Chris, I just put my glasses on. Brittany is cradling her face yeah. because she's so embarrassed at the way this podcast is going right now. Fair. Yep. Casey, what are you <laughs> drinking? Let's get this let's get this shit done. Uh, uh, so, uh, Justin, um, what am I drinking? Because I've tossed You had uh, Nama. You had the... the uh, no, Nameless One. Nameless. That is a Nama... Nagori, right? Bottle number five, 17.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, very delicious, creamy uh, looking sake. Uh, very nice. And um, uh, 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 like, even though it was uh, cloudy, it was very sort of like. I say, uh, God damn. Yeah, it was very delicious um, in the way that it was kind of built. Even a little bit of Christmas, even there. You have no context for how much, how how important it was. I said, "God damn!" And Casey also went, "Yes." <laughs> Listen, I'm not agreeing to that phrase, but I am. You agree to the, the sentiment, and the you sentiment are is that is that is correct. We're fine. Moving on. Listen, <laughs> I'm I'm there with you, but. I have completed those two bottles, and now I'm on to Yokachi. No. Yokaichi Kome uh, Shochu 25% ABV Yo, I'm not going to work here anymore (laughs) Casey The correct way to drink drink Sochu, Soju Or any of the rice liqueurs (laughs) Is with Sprite You pour equal parts Sprite to Soju into a drink Mm. And you will not You will not Remember the next day uh, At this point, I am just doing shots. So let's, the, do, let's hey, go. Are we going to rewind to the soju episode when I was just like, nope, we're going to do Sprite and we're going to dunk a fruit pop in it. And bam, that is, that's our cocktail. 
I got look, plenty of popsicles in this house right now. Look, I have joked with our uh, our friends who served time in the American military in uh, mm. uh, in Korea. Soju and Sprite is the it is by the gallon. <laughs> by the gallon, I have never been as drunk and offended as many people as I have during a, a good soju drunk. Really? Because Boston makes to differ. <laughs> I was like, even during... Did you pull when... your dick out and press it against a window drunk on soju? I think not. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, what about when Jury was here? <laughs> no, I was not as drunk as when Jury he was pull, here. As he when I was his dick Boston. out when Jury was here. <laughs> I, could remember, no. I could remember talking to Jury. I do not remember the period of time that uh, in Boston that Casey is talking about. He he can Thank remember you. embarrassing himself in front of jury. He can't remember embarrassing himself in Boston. Correct. In front of that restaurant hotel. In front of that restaurant where I pissed behind a pillar in front of a window. <laughs> yeah. To a, like, four-star hotel wherever. We didn't get arrested, so we're okay. Correct. To be honest. Look, Casey... I have a magical power, and it is to piss in public where I please, when I please. The cops just don't find me. Without charges. Without charges. It's true. Let's wrap this up. Casey, talk about what you're drinking. Uh, I told you what I was drinking. We're good to go. Uh, We started off with two void sakes, and then we ended with some shochu. All right. What were the two voids you had? Uh, it was shining, shining one and Nama. Uh, it was the the, the, uh, the nameless, nameless. One. yeah, nameless. nameless mist, which is the, the Nama unpasteurized sake. I have had nights where that unpasteurization, at a certain point, you may end up with some weird flavors. Casey so that, has some 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 solid ones. And I'm very happy has... about that. Yeah, that guy has uh, lived quite a good life, to be perfectly honest, because I I am the type of person who will, um, the higher the ABV, the longer I'll store it around. You know, don't know if that's great philosophy or not, but um, definitely kind of the way I approach things. But uh, that one's been around for at least, I think, since 2022, maybe. I will say that is one that I have I have had and part of me rejects after after like I guarantee you I've had that thing more than like two years. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm like, oh, I should not have tried to drink this. I have so, to interject be- because because it is because it is unpasteurized and part of me just gets extra paranoid. I had to go Ted Lasso, and I just missed the moment. I had to interject and be like, I hate to interrupt you guys, but as the great Bruce Dickinson would say, it's two minutes to midnight. Uh, Fair enough. Justin, quick question. On the nameless. So the one I had tonight was brown glass. Is that the older or younger one? Because I've got two. I've got one that's brown glass, one that's clear Wait, glass. Wait, what do you mean by brown glass? Uh, the bottle itself was brown versus clear. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's, that's old as fuck. 
If you have a clear glass, that's old as fuck. If brown glass is the newest one. Oh, cool. So I oh, good. I saved okay. the old glass one. Okay. Okay. I was thinking brown was 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 very old, but also Justin, he should not have been drinking that, right? No, I mean, sure, go for it. Oh, follow your heart. <laughs> follow your heart. At a certain point, like eighteen percent alcohol, pasteurized or not, like it's savable. Um, <laughs> you won't you won't die of botulism, but the- no, no, I, there's not going to be any foodborne illnesses, no. but. Anything Justin, above 3%, I will, I will you ain't going to die from it. Justin, I will 100% say I've had uh, uh, I've had nameless that have, that have happened since launch of the Nameless Mist brand of Void Saki that I went, oh, this is entirely too old. And my okay. body immediately went, nope. Do not do not consume this. Oh, it's been good. Like everything I've had, completely uh, amazing. Every, when I when I have that shit fresh, when it's new, fantastic. Unpasteurized, there is a part of my brain that just goes, "Nope, disengage. Do not do not continue." At some point, I, I expect to be uh, part of the crew that goes. You know, I've got this from the very start of when Justin was making sake. We have a news and, blast, uh, uh, Casey. Casey, uh, I'm just saying. Tomorrow is uh, um, is the fellowship day. I know. Ooh. Year what? Drive three? up. Drive up to Lexington and just. Oh my God! Drive up. Justin, you did not pick up the last uh, batch of uh, 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 Broken Throne beer I brought up. No, I didn't. You didn't. I have it. I, I will pick up. I'll, I'll I'll bring it to you tomorrow. All right, Casey. Casey, Casey drive up tomorrow. We'll All have right. some sake. We'll have some beer, and we'll have a good night. We'll see well, what we can do about that. I have news on top of all this because it's. Probably one of the first like pop culture things we talked about ever on this show. Patrick Rothfuss has announced a new novella related to King Killer. No, uh, no. Look, no. okay. Uh, in fairness, novellas are great. It would be better if it was not a Doors new of Stone, novel. not related to Doors of Stone, but it's gonna be a new novella from the point of view of Bast. Bast is great. I love Bast. Let's go ahead, by the way. And so, get Doors of episode. Stone published. Let's Let me. Episode. We will. Okay, Casey, go ahead and finish. Well, and then we need to wrap up this episode and, yeah. and get it up so Brittany does not murder us in our sleep. She will uh, drive down and kill me and you, Casey. At this Chris, rate, it's she not kill, even nice enough ki- to be in our sleep. She can kill Kate. She can, she can kill uh, 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 Chris when she wants, but, but me and you. She has to make an effort, and she will do it. So let me say first off, thank you, Bob, for writing this episode using various sources from the world of Japanese craft sake by Nancy Matsumoto and uh, Michael Tremblay, uh, JapaneseSake.org.Japan, NRIB.Japan, uh, 
Serious Seeds, True Sake, Serious Seeds again, and Sake Hiroshima. Um, thank you, Justin, for coming in and joining us today, as well as in hopefully future episodes, if you haven't been turned off on this episode, or at least... <laughs> If you have been turned off, you know where to plan your nights from here on out. And, and in, fairness, uh, in fairness, I will say Justin's uh, aside during this episode where have been, have been fantastic enough to go like, oh, it, it is like it is like when Casey during early episodes would go, oh, actually, you're wrong. It's this. I'm like, oh, the, these simpletons need direction. It's amazing to have someone that knows what they're talking about is what you're saying there. And Correct. yes, it is. Thank you so much. Um, if you like what you're hearing here, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com and follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Don't forget to see your favorite drink uh, or just, just ask a question or just some general feedback at ha- uh, haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Saki has been very heavy this entire episode. I apologize. You can also uh, just use the feedback page on the website. Smoke smoke signals. uh, uh, Don't even shouting at the void or the void of, of. well, actually, no, I'm I'm usually there. It's fine. Take nine. <laughs> All joking and fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please, <laughs> please drink responsibly. None of us are going anywhere. Yeah. We, nope. we promise. Asses staying home. <sighs> mm-hmm. And thank you, One Justin, duck. again for coming and setting awesome. us straight. Thank you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm drunk. You're drunk. Everyone's drunk. Everybody. I'm drunk. You're drunk. Everybody's drunk. <laughs> Brittany, how close to, to, to how that sounded, to how I sounded. Brittany, I mean, you said, th- thanks, uh, tell us you're listening drink or something. I was like, yeah, here we are. You're listening drink. <laughs> You, 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 you. It's been a minute since we've gotten this kind of episode, so it's great. Um. Anyway, so check us out in another couple of weeks for if you want uh, for the next episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show and have a drink store.com where I feel like there's going to be a, a lot of inspiration for a lot of new designs coming soon. Uh, <laughs> once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Price. (laughs) And guest, Justin LaVon. Justin LaVon! See you guys next time. Oh, Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> 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 <laughs>